Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Bastards Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and how to survive the days of Elijah. My name is Michael Basinger. With me are Brad Polly, Matt Polly, and together we are the Inglorious Bastards. Um, so I, I totally forgot to, to prepare giveaways um, <laughs> for the Christian Pie. Good work. Um, uh, do you want to talk about the Advent thing we're doing, Matt, while I prepare giveaways? Yeah. <laughs> that we started too early? Yeah, we're doing an Advent thing. <laughs> All right. What do you got next, Michael? <laughs> What's next? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um, so we, uh, yeah, Josh uh, uh, Malkovich, Casey, and I are uh, putting together a four-week Advent series. Um that we released uh, a week early because we can't read a calendar um, or Josh can't. I'm blaming him. Yeah. It's mainly um, his fault. Can't it's read a liturgical calendar. Fault. And I was driving and couldn't check and Michael didn't bother checking. So, well, um, I just assumed but it was really, Josh it was, was right. Well, he, I mean, he was the guy that was trained to be an Episcopal it's a, priest. So you think assumption. that he would know. Um, yeah. So that's what we're doing. So we released <laughs> the one's been released already. We're going to skip a week. So we can get back on the actual calendar. Um, but we're, it's going to be a four week, just a four week series on our uh, Patreon. So, very nice. Twitter. Five, five bucks get you in. Yeah. Five butts. Five butts. Five butts. Five butts get you in. Mm. That's what I needed. Five butts. No. Um, stop, stop what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. I don't think it's. Did my internet die? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it sure did. Oh, fantastic. So I'm trying to get these <laughs> these tweets. And That's your internet neat. Dead. Just, what? At least it's after the interview. Yeah, yeah, but it was dying during the interview. Now we know it was definitely on our end. Yeah. Man, what? It's been confirmed. Seriously? Do we need to pause so we can get the internet up? No, we're good. Yeah, let's we'll, do the, we'll, we'll, do right the, we'll do the things next week. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, but B- BRB. And we're back. Um, so our, our, our the, and again, the winners of the uh, Christian Piat books are. Uh, oh, we don't have a. Do you have drum roll? I don't. There we go. Michelle N. White hey. at egg number nine. Just come pick it up at my house. <laughs> no, we'll. we'll she was we'll only like ten minutes away. Uh, number two. La, la, la. Um, That's marvelous. Shan Ware. <laughs> God, you're terrible. The mighty Shan. You're the worst. At Shan X. <laughs> and number three. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Uh, Nathan Jennings at N Jennings zero zero. Josh is gonna think he won there for a second. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry, he didn't. Etc. He didn't win. Nope. Yep. No um, fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, I will add in. Um, okay, so another announcement: Steve Austin Facebook takeover is coming on. Five ways to keep the cray cray out of your holiday day. Steve Austin, <laughs> a man barely alive. I love it. Wednesday, December fifth, eight p.m. Eastern, seven p.m. Central. Facebook.com slash Pastors Podcast. There will be giveaways, um, and we'll have questions earlier in the Pastors Pub. First thing he's gonna say. Oh, what the fuck? God damn it. Does that work? <laughs> Fail. Son of a bitch. Good job. Good job, right. buddy. Is my um, thing that... What the... F- are you muted? You're not muted. What's happening? Mine did that the last week. It wouldn't play. I just closed it and started it again. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, we also have the um, A Very Pastor's Christmas Playlist. Volume 2 is available on Spotify. Check mm. that out. Um, and then uh, send in your 
your goods for the Fat Pastor Tide celebration. We've got two entries today. Yep. Um, and then in a few weeks, we'll be doing a Ask a Pastor's episode. Um, and send us your voicemails at 8... Or, I'm sorry. At 484-PASTORED. That's 484-727-8373. So hop on that. All right. Without further ado. What are you drinking? Hey, hey, I've been thinking that if we're gonna get through this, we're gonna need some fluids. So hey, hey, what are you drinking now? What was that? <laughs> some <note. laughs> <laughs> Might be my new favorite soundbite. Uh, <laughs> that's from Steve Austin. That's a Steve Austin delivered soundbite. All right. Um, what are we drinking? Uh, well, well, we had yeah, well, for, for the interview in the future. <laughs> what we're going to have. we're going to have uh, it's it's going see, to be good. You see, guys, we live good. in a block. Yes, that's so. right. <laughs> in another universe, uh, uh, from our favorite Taxman Brewing Company in Barkersville, Indiana. Uh, frozen assets, the Belgian style milk stout. Oh God, it's so good. Cocoa nibs, yeah, mm. very smooth. You can really taste the nibs. Yeah, it's, it's a very nib esque. I, I finished I love that one. Nibs. It's not not frequently that I uh, finish a beer, and I mm-hmm. finished that one. Yeah. What do we have now? Oh, this is from um, from Zach Crater face. Didn't touch her. Oh, uh, Crater didn't get run over. <laughs> he beat me in fantasy football this week. This is a bold seasonal red ale brewed with pumpkin spice, six and a half ABV, uh, oh. thirty-eight IBUs. Uh, it's <laughs> love you long, Tim. Zach Crater face in parentheses. Bros Bible and beer, aka Barnacle Bouffants and Bunions. <laughs> Might want to get that checked out. Yeah. <laughs> I still, still prefer bubbles, ball sacks, and brews. Oh my God! That's what really is this good. again? Damn! It's just a seasonal ale, uh, seasonal uh, red ale with pumpkin. Oh man! Damn. Oh damn! Them. Crater's got his shit t- wired God, tight. That's awesome. Oh, yes. Oh, that's yeah. That's really, really good, good man. man. Yeah, that's. Um, I think he's like five for five, or however many he sent us. Like he's. Has it been that many? He's a hundred percent, man. He sent us. I'm very time. excited right now. Yeah. Why am I so much louder than you guys? I don't know. You're always louder. I don't know. That's damn good, though. It man, is. that crater, you nailed it, buddy. That's yep, good stuff. That's fantastic. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's that's. I, I let it set for two weeks, like you told me to. Now, pretty much. We love you long time. You hurts the- Oops, sorry, wrong one. I'm very excited right now. <laughs> you know what hurts the most? <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was good stuff, man. Thank you. Yes. Um, man, it's all right. really good. Yeah, it is. I <laughs> wish there was a lot more of that, actually. Let's go into our new uh, favorite segment. So we have two entries today. Um, Michael, you got a pen? I, I do have a pen. Okay. So I, I laid two, a pen out yeah, next to everyone. Right. Um, two entries. Which one do we want to do first? Uh, Let's the do the gingerbread yep. stuff, whatever that is. Uh, this is from, uh, from Jen Flynn. Jen uh, FM. What is this? Gingerbread. I'm writing it on my th- gingerbread. Uh, 
Trifle? Yeah. Trifle. Yeah. yeah. Gingerbread trifle. <laughs> you trifling bitches. <laughs> yeah, I dropped my pen. It's a great art. You drink it too, unless you're a trifling bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got I got totally baked over Thanksgiving. <laughs> Literally, you asked me the next day, like, "How you feel?" I was like, "Very angry." <laughs> Blob Marley, Dude, yeah, I felt like Blob Marley. Jesus, <laughs> woo! Uh, Brad was really squinty over the bro. Thanksgiving break. I, it makes total sense why Snoop looks like he has no eyeballs. Like, it totally... Like, I get it now. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, I was high seems appropriate. I was uh, one toke over the line, yeah, you sweet were. Jesus. Yeah, you were. Bro, oh, man. Literally thought I was having a stroke. I had to have my wife be my drug Sherpa and talk me through it. Those edibles will fuck you up, man. Uh, anyway, all, all right. right. Trifles. Here we go. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Oh shit! Holy God! Oh man! Oh, that's really good. Woo! Wow. Oh my God! Like mm-hmm. the balance between the cinnamon and the ginger, and there's I think there's some nutmeg in there, and God shit. damn, dude, that's fantastic! Wow. It's not overly sweet either. No, I mean, you, I don't think you eat a ton of it, but like, mm. like this bowl right here. I don't here. know. I feel like I could. <laughs> Challenge accepted. There's, there's a tub in there we can knock out later. Oh my! Oh God. man, that's yeah. It's very good. She said, I'm she still said eating she, this, so I'm not judging it yet. She said she hopes it, it has an X factor. I was like, me too. I don't know what that is, but man, that's oh, uh, shit. That is ridiculous. Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh man. Goes <laughs> over there clearing doing, out the ball. <laughs> mm. Shit, that's that's wonderful. God, what is X Factor? What a goddamn! I don't. Know, I feel like that's gonna be the breaker for a lot of people, unfortunately, and I don't know what why that would be the case. But you, you know, know it, you know it in your spirit. You know how you're gonna. No, judge I don't. It. No, I, I don't. Don't know what that means. No, I don't. Well, then just do it the same number every time. Jesus <sighs> God, it matters to me. That one. All right. What else we got? I'm gonna finish this. All right, so what we have next, what did you do with the letter? Oh, right here. Uh, you want to read it? Sure. We just, oh, wait, 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 wait. You've got mail. <laughs> we just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. Wonder who it's from? Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. <laughs> Mail's here. Oh, you Here's the fuck. mail. It never fails. It makes me want to Are you done now? Yeah, letter. Can I? Yeah. Mm. Uh, This is from uh, Turtle. 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 Matt, Brad, and Michael. Man. Did she she do it in that order? Yes. Oh, Jesus. Buddy, I've I've been her favorite from the very beginning. I know. She was was my secret secret Santered. She did a phenomenal job, but I almost responded back. All I wanted for Christmas was supposed to for you to be Team Michael. <laughs> That's not happening. Um, here are my family's favorite cookies. Uh, we love these things because they taste like shortbread and they are not too sweet. I made a whole uh, same. Uh, I made a whole bunch of these yesterday for you and for my daughter to take back to school. My son's comment when he saw I was making them was, "These are my favorite part of Christmas. I hope you enjoy them as much as my family does." 
I included the recipe in case you like them and want to make them in the future. I also included some whiskey for each of you because these cookies taste great with bourbon. Uh, and then there's a, some really nice stuff that I'm not going to read because it's personal. Oh, for now us, I understand so. what X Factor means. <laughs> there's personal. <laughs> <laughs> X Factor is liquor. Is that what it is? <laughs> got it. <laughs> now it makes sense. <laughs> All right. So Hold on. I got uh, to. Uh, so you gave us little minis of uh, Knob Creek. Don Del Morel. Yep. I'm just putting turtle. Here, my nose. Um, what are these called? Uh, shortbreads. Shortbread cook, uh, shortbread balls. What are there, they? Um, th- there's a recipe card. Where'd the recipe oh, card okay. go? Right there. Hold on, I'll get it. Okay, sorry. Uh, butterball cookies. Butterball. No, I put Butter shortbread cookies. cookies. It's fine. All right, let's do this. <clears throat> you know what those remind me of a little bit? Are, mm. Um, mm. Very good. Mexican wedding cakes, mm. but they have like chocolate in them, chocolate chip. Those are good. Man, those are really good. And I'll try it with the whiskey too. Mm. Oh, yeah. Should I forget? <laughs> mm. It's really hard to drink out of that, that bottle. That little bit. Yeah, I know. You really got to tip it back. Oh, God. That does go really well together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, man. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah, that's nice. You take a take a drink and take a bite. Mm. Mm. I dropped it everywhere. God, those are good. God, these are good. Oh, mine's got much full of chocolate chips. It's pretty crispy or crispy, Christmassy too. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. that. Hmm. Woo! All right, all right. Here you Scores go. Are in. Here you go, buddy. Thank you. All right. Yes, thank you, Don and Jim. Thank you, JFM. Mm. I believe I can fly. Man, that is really killer with the uh, yeah, bourbon. Yeah, it is. Shit. Boy, that's warming all the way down, too. Mm. That's... I can oh. feel it in my bones. Really looking forward to vomiting later tonight. That's going to be know. fantastic. There's a lot of shit in our stomach. I yeah. I can fly. Woo! I believe Woo! I can touch the sky. Woo! Woo! Night and day, fly away. This is what I should have listened to when I was not high. It'd be pretty funny, probably. Should have watched Space Jam. <laughs> so do you, want to, do you want me to recount how, how all that went? Space Jam. <laughs> okay, so shut that shit off, for God's sake, Michael. So I got I got my hands on um, some edible chocolate, weed chocolate. It was cookies and cream flavored, and it tasted oh. tasted like weed <laughs> quite a bit uh, with a little bit of cookies it's and like cream flavor. Like gnawing on a plant. So there were two uh, two squares, about I'd say about two by two inches a piece. Uh, so pretty, I mean, it's pretty good size. Uh, Same, yeah, and 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 pretty thick, Same. as it were. Um, so <laughs> I was like. I guess I'll start off. Keep in mind, I've never been high in my life. Like no, I don't do. Yeah, I wasn't high though. Like those not didn't get high. me high. Not this. No, high. you've never been high. Um, <laughs> unless you've been this, you've never been high. So, um, I had a I had a half a one, a half of a, a square, and then uh, my wife had a half a square, and so I sat there. 
it just wasn't. I was a little bit giggly after a half an hour, yeah. but I was like, man, this. When this I did a robot chicken was freaking. This should hilarious be kicking again. in by now. I was a yeah. little giggly, but I was like, I'm not really feeling anything, and I'm like, kind of looking at Manny, like I think I think I'm gonna go <sighs> eat another half of that. She's like, don't, <laughs> don't do it, and I was like, all right. Totally so did. I sneak into the kitchen and I ate another half, and she's like, well, "You you did it, didn't you?" I was like, "No." <laughs> Whoa, like, that's a full rainbow. Yeah. All the way. She was like, "Double <laughs> rainbow." What is that? The fuck is that? It's <laughs> a guy tripping balls. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. He's in the mountains. He's in so, the double rainbow. Oh, is that double rainbow guy? Out. Yeah. So oh, I. Uh, He's so beautiful. I was. Uh, Sitting on a recliner and went to go put my. She's like, We need to go put our six year old in bed. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> when we're at my in law's house, I, we, one of us has to lay with him. He just doesn't sleep very well there. So I was like, I'll, I'll lay with him. And so, like, as soon as I laid down, I don't know if there was, it was just the process of laying down, but I freaked the fuck out. <laughs> like, I mean, my lips were tingly. I couldn't feel my hands. It's like falling into the black void. I couldn't feel anything. I was baked. Hello, yeah. And so Mandy was looking at me before I even got in. She's like, you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. You sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. And I laid down. <laughs> at one point, she's like, text me. How you doing? I was like, I'm, uh, I'm, not, I'm not good. Not, not feeling great. I said, I think I'm having a stroke. Because everything was numb and sort of half tingly, and I was like waiting for my face to droop, and I was like, uh, "Is my face drooping?" So I go across the hallway to just go to bed after I got Miles put down, and Mandy comes in. She's like, "How you doing?" I was like, uh, "I'm I'm not doing so great." <laughs> so she starts. I'm telling. I describe everything that's happening. She's like, "That's normal." So I was like, "Okay, good. I'm not dying." <laughs> But I like Mandy's like, oh no, that's fine. I felt like my tongue was six inches thick. <laughs> Same cotton mouth, super real. And I thought my eyes were open, and she started laughing uncontrollably because I thought my eyes were open, but they were literal slits. She's like, I can't even see your eyeballs. So I said, to, I said to her, "What about now?" And I felt like I opened my eyes six inches wide she's like now they look normal and i was like are you serious she's like yep <laughs> it was the weirdest feeling i've ever had but i will say woke up no hangover just felt fine i yeah. slept great other than when i woke up and felt like i had eaten a wheelbarrow full of sand <laughs> it's like you like you tongue fucked a sheep dude i literally i woke up and i was like i could i didn't i couldn't hardly swallow man like it was uh, so dry but anyway, it was uh, it was an experience. So next time, uh, you know, everybody says watch out for those edibles. Really should watch out, for, watch those out for those edibles. Yeah. Yep. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Oh, <sighs> well, without further ado, let's go. Lock up your fears, dry all your tears, refill your fears. We're headed into the new speed. All right, what do you got? Go ahead. All right. Uh, I'm not doing this one. That's so depressing. <laughs> I'm, I can't do this one. Jesus. <laughs> what, what is it, Matt? It, 
I, I don't know why I picked it. I almost didn't. It's a guy got crushed to death when his dog like turned the forklift on. Oh, like the dog fucking neat. ran over him. Yeah, that is a really yeah, fucking I don't, story. Yeah, well, What's wrong with you? I, I, well, I did a double take. I was like, man, I'm not. That's a shitty story. That's Wait. not even my brand of shitty story. <laughs> that's a fair point. Um, I'm team Matt. Not even I would choose that one. <laughs> Christ, Michael. <laughs> I like how you take the moral high ground. For fuck's sake. Go ahead. German teenager loses driver's <laughs> license after 49 minutes. Good God. <laughs> it's from BBC News. That's got to be some sort of record, Where right? England's news comes first. Uh, the 18-year-old uh, was returning from his successful driving, t- returning from his test when drivers in the town of Hammer checked Probably his Hammer. Hammer checked his car with a laser speed gun. Is there it's another a Hummer. He was clocked traveling almost twice the speed limit at 95 kilometers. It's not a real speed. 60 Hummer, miles an Hummer, hour. Hummer. In a 30-mile-an-hour zone. So he was blowing through town, pretty much. Wow. Some things uh, last forever, others not for an hour, German police wrote in their statement. Uh, the young man had four friends in the car with him. Regional police and Marcus Scherkreis said and speculated that perhaps he was trying to impress with his driving skills, I'm sure. Instead, he now faces a hefty punishment. He will be. He has been formally banned for four weeks, but police said he could. he would only get his license back after, quote, expensive retraining. <laughs> He's also facing a two hundred. Like hook his dick up to a I don't know car dragging, battery, dragging behind. I don't really. <laughs> Jesus, attached jumper cables to his nipples. Uh, he's also facing a 200 euro fine, which is like 12 bucks probably. No, that's actually that's a lot more than $200. Uh, two points on his license once this is restored, and his probationary period as a new driver has been lengthened from two to four years. Wow. So don't drive fast, kids. Damn, especially in Germany. The Germans aren't fucking around. No, man. not really. Don't fuck with the Germans. <laughs> that's right. They were Nazis, Walter? <laughs> Come on, Donnie. There's threatening cast. This <laughs> is Dell Cinema Technology. Uninterrupted streaming. Brilliant sound. What the fuck is... Goddamn ads. <laughs> fucking goddamn ads, man. <laughs> Did they hear that, or was that just... I don't know. Ooh, be so horny. <laughs> uh, fucking New Zealand, man. Okay, so from New Zealand... We love you long time. Man, um... Man pull man quote pulled bag of cocaine from penis after arrest oh. after arrest for laughing at cops. A lot going on here. Feel that, buddy? Huh? No, oh, God! <laughs> no, God, please, no, 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 no! <laughs> Every week we manage to find a way to use to that. use that. I know. <laughs> God, what right. is it with people? I don't shove stuff up your dick hole, man. <laughs> How? How? I don't. God, I have a particularly hard pee, and it hurts for three I days. I know. You're supposed to put your dick in a box, not make your dick a box. That's right. It's a very yeah. A man who laughed at police after they found no drugs in his pocket was later found to have hidden a bag of cocaine in his penis after a strip search. Newcastle man James Mason told did officers you say a strip surge search. <laughs> if they did it fast enough, a strip search. Newcastle man James Mason told, told officers, fuck off. You're not searching me before saying, ha ha, told you I had fucking all on us. I had fucking all on us, you mugs. I don't. <laughs> Apparently he doesn't. <laughs> fucking Brits, man. When what they, does that even mean? I don't know. Fuck off. You're not searching me before saying, ha ha, told you I had fuck all on us, you mugs. <laughs> <laughs> The 21-year-old was arrested for being drunk and disorderly after swearing at police. Well, yeah. Uh, One too many times. I'd like to think he called them bell-ins at one point. Probably. Yeah. (laughs) Cock knobs or something like that. (laughs) Twat waffles. Twat waffles. (laughs) 
but on the way to the police station, officers witnessed Mason fiddling with his socks before putting his hands down his pants. Mm. When he reached the st- when he reached the station, what is it with socks and penises? I I mean, well, you know. Well. <laughs> it, it, it it's all it's all because of when fl- a teenage boy it's, it's all because <laughs> it's all because of flea. <laughs> yes, when, <laughs> when a teenage boy loves an image, oh, and wants okay. to make love okay. to okay. that image. So here, this may There's be the best socks and sexuality because you also put the sock on the doorknob. Right, right. There, there may be this may be the best sentence that's ever been uttered in this podcast. Mm, I don't know, it's in a pretty a, high bar. Uh, give me a minute. <laughs> Mason then quote removed his trousers. Pulled back his foreskin oh. and pulled a white bag of powder from his penis. God damn! How oh. big was his foreskin? Apparently, it was like a five or six skin. Man, I don't. That's shit. Oh like God. definitely a gentile. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> um. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> so, of course, the the, the obvious. What jokes. the hell? Uh, Anyway, he was he was hiding it in his foreskin. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. Was he use it as a as drapes at home? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Does Jesus your foreskin Christ. hang low? Can you swing it to and fro? Can you tie it in a knot? Can you tie it in a bow? God, his last girlfriend died tragically when she went to give him head. She, 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 she's like she's suffocated. suffocated inside of it. God. She's still in there, man. <laughs> My God. Are you right down there? It's like a Venus flytrap. <laughs> where his foreskin is a turtleneck. It's like a Venus flytrap. <laughs> I think we have a winner. Um, anyway, he was fined some money and um, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, so social media well, if users. If they were smart, they would have circumcised him. That would have taken care of that problem. <laughs> Jesus. Social media users poked. I'm going to give him a, like a kudos for like innovation. Cre- creativity. Creativity and innovation. If you got the skin, use if it. got I it, guess. use it, I guess. I mean, if you got the penis fold. We've like, had a lot of butt smuggling stuff in here. I don't think we've ever had foreskin, foreskin smuggling. smuggling. Nope. Yeah. That's, um, a, that's a new category. So, social, so social media users obviously poked fun at him with one saying, did they also check to see if he had any crack cocaine? <laughs> and another said... Um, phrasing. <laughs> and another said... <laughs> And another said, unexpected item in the bagging area. Hey, <laughs> phrasing! <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Boy, that's, that's all I got. Uh, that's something. All right. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that, that's what you, whatever you were talking about for <laughs> you. <clears throat> all right. Is that what, do you have any, is that it? No, that's good. I'm good. Mm. Yeah. I, think, I think that about covers it. Uh, giant steer named Nickers. Stands. You really got to be <laughs> careful how you. You really it. do. Uh, stands head and shoulders above the herd. So, okay. <laughs> this is uh, Nickers, an enormous Holstein Frisian, is making headlines after his owner declared him unofficially Australia's biggest steer. Of course, it's Australia. The seven-year-old stands at a whopping 194 centimeters, which is 76 inches tall. Wow! Almost Jesus. just for reference. Almost as tall as Michael Jordan. Holy shit. Look at the picture of this motherfucker. Oh. <laughs> it literally... <laughs> Look at this fucking thing. Wow. It is literally looks like two cows stacked on top of each other. That's how tall this thing like is. It's like Shaquille O'Neal in, the bunch of, in between a bunch of Oompa Loompas. Seriously. So he also weighs... 
3,086 pounds. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Did he eat, eat like four of those? So <clears throat> they're a dairy breed. Mature cows usually weigh 1,500 pounds and stand 58 inches tall Same. at the shoulder. Motherfucker's an overachiever, man. <clears throat> yeah, so... <laughs> You just go out the I mean, he literally, it literally looks like the human version of this would be two kids trying to get into a movie theater, standing on top yes. of each other's shoulders, yes. wearing a trench yeah, coat. exactly. And standing next yeah. to other kids. Every, every kid's, that's movie, what that like would every look kid's like. movie trope, you've yes. seen, yeah, that's exactly what it yes. is. So the owner said that the, his sheer size saved him from the abattoir. <laughs> he was too big to go into the export plant's chain. He was so fucking big they couldn't kill his ass. Yeesh. Yeah, freaking Hulk. <laughs> believe it or not, okay, believe it or not, not even the biggest in history. The world's largest steer, a Chianina. I had one of those. Chianina. Uh, ox named Bellino. Eh, Bellino. Who eh, measured Bellino. just over two meters, which is roughly 79 inches at a cattle show in Rome in 2010. God. That's one big <laughs> motherfucking imagine, like, cow. Like you go out in the field and it's dark out and you hear... Oh, uh, my feet, motherfucker! <laughs> God, we had to really max out the sound there, buddy. I did unintentionally. Oh God! Try and tip me, motherfucker! <laughs> Takes a bulldozer to tip him over. <laughs> Take a forklift out, and he just laughs. Hey, fuck you! What do you think that thing? What you just get from the front, front leg in the hawk? That's you? right. That's right. Uh, all right. Really so, option on three. One, two, three. Uh, do you guys have a wedding photographer at your at your wedding? Yeah, he was awful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you should have gotten this lady. Wedding <laughs> photographer jailed after reportedly having sex with a guest and oh, urinating geez. in public. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> wait, wait. Doesn't Steve Austin take wedding photographs? Yeah. That's something he would do, right? Yeah. She a got, wedding. She a got w- paid and used condoms. A wedding. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, she was just checking the size of all the guest foreskins. Uh, see if they had any coke in there. A wedding photographer was arrested Saturday Started night after authorities say she had sex with a wedding guest at the ceremony, urinated on a tree near the event, and threatened deputies that she was being taken to jail. Jesus. <laughs> she was not fucking around. Uh, so the suspect was identified as Catherine Lee Meta, 26. 26. Huh. She was free Monday after having posted $10,000 bail shortly after her arrest. It shows that she was booked Saturday night and released Sunday. She could not be reached Monday for comment. She was sleeping it (laughs) off. Yeah, I fucked him. That's what she said. Um, (laughs) So a security guard and off-duty sheriff's deputy reported wedding guests had found Meta having sex with a wedding guest in a room at the venue, according to an arrest report. Uh, and it says she was the wedding photographer. Uh, when she left the room, she walked to a fountain and began to yell. She then went to a nearby tree and urinated, according to the So warrant. clearly alcohol was involved yes. here, I'm guessing. So, yep. yeah. Oh, uh, she said, oh, this is where it gets really great. Um, Hold on. As she sat, <laughs> yeah. as she sat in the backseat of the patrol car, she told deputies... <laughs> Y'all families will be dead by Christmas. Oh, shit. <laughs> Y'all's daughters are dead. My dad is going to find out about this, and y'all are fucking dead. D-E-A-D. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she D-E-D was... D-E-D uh, dead. Uh, so at the jail and during a search, a prescription bottle for Alprazolam. 
Alprazolam. We need we need our, our Doctor Dan. We need our, say we need our our pub uh, Doctor Andy Nixon on call. Yes. Yeah, we need our uh, pub. Uh, what are those people called? Pharmacists uh, yeah. to uh, weigh in on Alprazolam. It's, uh, it's basically Xanax. Okay. So they believe that she mixed uh, Xanax and alcohol. It produces a calming effect, and apparently it well, has the opposite effect on her. Probably not with alcohol, though. Yeah. Well, alcohol has a calming effect, too. I well, guess, but you know I'm guessing mean? if you mix the two, probably not a good thing. I don't so. know. I mix it with antidepressants all the time. It's fine. So anyway, Is yeah, it? she... I'm uh, <laughs> clearly a stable individual. I feel like... I feel like... <laughs> Is it is it against the law for her to have sex with somebody at the wedding? I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's not against, against the, law? the law. Well, that was what started the whole thing. Like well, somebody caught her bone in a guest, and like unless it's indecent exposure or something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, or I guess lewd, if they, lewd and lascivious behavior. I mean, if they had her bent over the buffet or something, oh, I guess God, I can understand. Jesus, but. Brad. God damn, man. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Back her up, buddy. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Is that mayonnaise and potato salad? Oh, no, no oh, it's not. Jesus. <laughs> wow. Right. Can somebody get the flies off of that, please? So it's Christmas time, guys. Um, have you guys started Christmas shopping yet? Yes. Okay, so have I. What, you? what? Christmas shopping? What day is this? Christmas comes up <laughs> once a year. Now it's here. Now it's here. Bring lots of joy and cheer. Tra la 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 la. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, I'm going to try and come up with some some great, helpful Christmas lists. I'm sure you will, Michael. Of gifts that, uh, an extended product update, if you will. Um, great. This is one of those that goes on for nine hours no, no, when no. Michael does So it. this is from uh, popsugar.com. It's the best gifts from Goop's annual guide. Is Goop like the... Goop. Oh, God. <laughs> is this the Gwyneth Paltrow thing? Yes. Jesus. And by, and by best, we mean most ridiculous. So, uh, number one. Please tell me there's a vagina steamer in here. Uh, Goop Henry Gregory Antiques Mother of Pearl Antique Theater Glasses. <laughs> Why? Like, what? Because you need them for $340. Um, even $340. Better. Um, wow. Wow. Fucking yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's uh. In addition, but they're mother of pearl. Uh, a studio marble dumbbell. It's a dumbbell made of marble <laughs> for a hundred dollars. <laughs> that's pretty cheap, actually. Yeah, well, it depends. How big is the dumbbell? Uh, we talking like a two and a half pounder? Because that's not <laughs> yeah, a great deal. It, you know. it comes in a nice cylinder canister, so probably I would say not very big. Um, plus, I think it depends on how much marble weighs, the density of the marble. Well, it weighs quite a bit. Marble's pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, you can get a Surf Air private flight membership. So basically a membership for private jets. Cool. Only $1,950. Cool. You can get Shine Papers King 24 karat gold rolling papers. Oh, wow. So if you wanna, smoke it. If you want to smoke, smoke some gold. For the low, low price of fifty-five dollars, you can get some oh, some king let's, size let's twenty-four buy some K of those. Rolling let's papers. buy some rolling papers. Oh my god, that would be hilarious. <laughs> um, they have a deluxe version of Clue. Um, Two hundred and forty-nine dollars for Clue. The wow. Game Clue. And what edition is this? Does this it come is, with Tim Conway to play it with you? Or no, this is uh, not Tim Conway. What the fuck was no, his name? No, I know who you're talking about. God damn it. Not Tim Conway. No, I know exactly. Oh, I can see it. It's shit. the butler. Yeah. It's a mm, clue shit. luxury Somebody's edition. yelling at their fucking... 
God damn it. I got to look it up now. Yeah, what is that guy? He was in... Uh, Home Alone. Yeah, two. Uh, two. Home Alone 2. Yeah. What is that guy's name? He Son was also bitch. in... Uh, what's that? Uh, Tim Curry. Yeah, Tim, Tim Curry. Curry. Uh, yeah. What's that fucking movie? Transylvania. That, no. No, no, no. no uh, uh, <laughs> Rocky Horror Picture. That's yes. it. God, I could not think of it. Everybody's screaming Jesus, at their I know. radio right now. Hey, Madeline Kahn. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, a rose court. Quartz, uh, quartz, uh, crystal st- straw. Oh, mm. so it's a it's a straw, and at the end of the straw, um, just to give you good luck, is is a like a quartz uh, crystal, just wrapped around the straw, the metal straw. Mm, okay. So I don't know if it Helpful energizes. Your, I'm sure it does. Your 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 really cheese. really makes the bullshit go down. Ridiculous. Sixty eight dollars. Um. They have eggplants. No, egg plates. Egg plates. It's a plate made of wood designed to hold your egg. <laughs> Fuck you, Jumbo. $160 for egg plates. God. It's got a leather strap. What the fuck? Wait, what? It's it's No, it's, you know what? I don't give a fuck. Just move on. I don't give a shit. It's it's very chic. Uh, so am I. Move on. Uh, they have dark fin power gloves. It's like a, a, a glove when you when you expand your fingers, it's webbed. It looks pretty cool, like something Batman would wear. You should get some. Those are pretty fucking. cool. He fucking already has. I Those can tell are you only, right now. No, he already. Owns I them. would. I would. I know. Get them. They're only thirty dollars. Those are affordable. <laughs> we should buy something from Goop. They, they sell truffles. <laughs> you know, I would for a joke, but I want to give that fucking idiot money. Like she's that's got a, enough money anyway. Oh God, she's going to be loaded regardless. Wild Harvest White Alba Truffle for one hundred ninety-five dollars. Good lord. They have kayaks. I'm just trying to get to the good ones. Let's, People, buy, a, let's buy a pub kayak. <laughs> <laughs> a custom lullaby on vinyl you can you can make. Um, Are we still doing this? Yeah, I'm okay. trying to get to the... A butter churner, $39. Because <laughs> that's good for you. Who's got fucking time to do that shit? Have you ever tried to do it? It takes forever. No. Forever. Here's one. That. There's a reason people in the old times fucking died early, because they had to churn their fucking butter for four days. I'm thinking it was probably the typhoid. I don't think it had anything to do with it. <laughs> yeah, a little column A, a little column B. I mean, when uh, you got typhoid, you don't want to churn butter. Yeah, you still had to. That is true. All right, uh... The four, I want you to guess how much this costs. Four Seasons Volcano Helicopter Adventure. Five bucks. For four people. Five grand. Ten uh, grand. I was going to say, I'm guessing 12,500. 39,500,000. Wait, wait, that's not a number. Sorry. 39,500. Sorry. What did you just say? What was that number? 39,500,000. 39, oh, all right. Got it. 39,500. God. Uh, there is an 18-carat rose gold fragrance flask. Um, We're still doing this. It's $895. Okay. You can't even drink from it. What? Michael, what are you doing? And then these are my least these are my least favorite stories you do because you just fucking go on forever. <laughs> Last but not least, you can buy a village in Spain <laughs> from the website. From the website, yes. we should let's do it. How much is it? <laughs> it's one hundred and seventy thousand. I think we can do. Let's just go find me. Go find me that shit. Let's do a go find me. We'll have our our pub commune in Spain. Yeah, you get it's like for a week there. You get like a, for a certain amount. You get yes. a week there. Yes. Let's yep. do it. We're uh, buying a fucking Spanish village. You built this village on beer and 
dicks. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, next story. Uh, and I don't, first of all, I need a disclaimer. I don't condone oh, assault. God. Oh, God. Oh, Michael. Where's the backup sound? Yeah. Please right. don't do whatever no. it is you're doing. Nope. America. <laughs> so this is, a, this is a story about a woman who... Um, Barely kept her family fed. Oh, wait, that's, that's a man. Never mind. Yes. And a man. Uh, the man is uh, facing domestic battery charge uh, after striking his girlfriend with a scalding hot pocket. I think we've had this story before. No, I, I feel like I've done so. this story. I don't think so. Are you sure? Yeah, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure we've had people throwing fucking food at people like that. Fucked mine. <laughs> he, he threw a hot pocket. <laughs> and now he's going to jail. <laughs> it hit her in the face and she was like <laughs> Oh god Feel that buddy It's okay Sorry Brought to you by Steve Austin at I am Steve Austin. I like in the background. It's okay. It's okay. So he. So sadly, she is. She does have burns on her neck and ear. Yeah, it's a fucking hot pocket. This will not stand. You know, this aggression will not stand, man. It's blistering and peeling off the skin. So I do feel bad for the woman. I've done that to my well, mouth I, I on a hot pocket before, so, Michael. God, yeah, I, like, that you really have... doesn't have to be said, does it? I do. I do. <laughs> Jeez. They also added that the woman had hot pocket shrapnel all over her neck and shirt. Hot well, pocket there's our shrapnel. shrapnel. I got it. You got, okay, you got that? Hot pocket shrapnel. <laughs> okay. They do have a couple of kids. Did they have to use the word shrapnel? Yeah, like, I feel like that's not the word to use there. What, did they have razor blades in it, man? <laughs> this is our razor blade hot pocket. Good Lord. We, we need to move on because we're going to say something we're going to regret. Just fucking move on from this flag, story. Flag pocket. <laughs> so we beat ISIS through a hot pocket. Yes, a bunch of scalding hot pockets. Maybe we armed our teachers with hot pockets. Oh my god! We can stop shooters. Oh, <sighs> well. Yeah. Are, we, are we good here? I think we're good. Do I want to piss off the vegans? No, no. no. You've trolled them right. enough, no. Michael. All right. Jesus. I did have the. Uh, I had the tofu at uh, Chipotle today. It was delicious. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you had the impossible slider too. You're just going. Yeah, on. that didn't sit very well. That is one. <laughs> that is somehow they somehow managed to make a non-meat version of the slider that's greasier than the actual slider, bro. Mm-hmm. I was a mess that night. <laughs> man, just spackling oh, balls. Oh my god, my stomach was a gastrointestinal intestinal yeah. shit show. <laughs> Okay. Tell so, you what, what you don't want to do. I'll give you some advice. Tasted good, though. Don't mix a steak sandwich with Pete's <laughs> Wicked Ale. I forgot to do uh, things discussed Christ, in the pub this I week. envy you, man. 
Oh, yeah. What were we, what were we discussing in the pub this week? Um, a lot of Harry Potter talk. Matt was mad on the internet. It was talked about quite a bit. Was I? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, oh, I didn't that. That, yeah. Um, not at people in the pub, but nope. people outside of the pub. Um, made a lot of difference, though, didn't it? I don't remember. It felt. It really felt changed good. some Did lives. It? Yeah, it's great. Oh, I didn't. I don't give a shit. Did you baptize anybody? No, I don't give a shit. It was <laughs> fun. <laughs> I got them both to quit, so that was good. Uh, Call that a win. Yeah. Uh, making a murder. All you two. did was make them go join their local militia. I don't care. They're probably <laughs> already shit. in it. They're already in He's it. He's just inciting them. Yeah. Um, making a murder season two. It's pretty good. Uh, how can people possibly have three kids? Brad, how can... Why? Uh, it was a bottle of wine and no condom. That uh, was a pretty... Twice. That'll do it. No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you did it twice. Well, it wasn't Abram... Abrama... did it three well, times. Well, no, wasn't Abram a uh, wine baby, too? No, he was a... Uh, we got off of a youth retreat. Oh. super horny baby. Uh, <laughs> because of all the youth? No, what? just because we... Well, I, want to quanti- I want to clarify. Yeah, I don't think I need to clarify that. Um... <laughs> And Your use, probably. Third one was definitely a. It was definitely a bottle of wine, and oh, don't worry, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. for me, from my wife. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I don't want to do this. Okay, well, we're doing this. <laughs> and yep, there you go. Mm-hmm. And, I've got a belligerent six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. I can't find the button for. <laughs> nope, it's not that one. No, no it's past that. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> God, stop. <laughs> Dude, off. God. What is going on right now? Stop. Whoa. Wow. I hate to be this guy every week. It is after nine o'clock. Can we please move on? Uh, also, Jason Williams is still winning fantasy football. Uh, yeah. Whatever. I won without a quarterback this week. So I've won six in a row. Also discussed uh, missionary dying while breaking the law. So do we want to talk about that? No, I don't even want to talk about it. Not All really. Right. Me neither. Mm-mm. All right. <laughs> he should have gone there. Yeah. Yep. So don't touch the pretty, corn baller. Pretty, pretty cut and dry there. Yeah. Don't touch the corn baller. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, people. You're going to like this one. Get ready. Spoiler. Buckle up. Saddle up your horses. We got a trail to blaze. <laughs> um, in the wild blue yonder in God's amazing grace. Um, I'm looking for my, my notes on him. Christopher G. White. Jeez, is a, for gangster. Christopher Gangster White is a professor of religion at Vassar College. Uh, Christopher received his PhD. Vassar, not exactly a lightweight. Yeah, right. Christopher uh, received his son is a fucking dunce. Well, no, probably not. Just kidding. No, probably not. I had to finish the quote. Uh, I don't think you did. No, sure didn't. I feel like you didn't. Um, let's just. Uh... Yep. All right. Christopher received. You dumb fuck! Right, I'm gonna have to mute you. <laughs> Is it the oh, level? Where- I finally hit one, and you're gonna move. Oh, that me. was you. I yeah. thought it was Matt. God, he's the one that's Matt. been literally just laying on the keyboard. I assume yeah, it was. Matt. I'm the problem. I'm laying on the keyboard. <laughs> no, that he was, was. and so were you. I thought it was mainly oh, Matt. Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right, Christopher G. Y. is a professor of religion at Vassar College. 
Christopher received his PhD in religious studies from Harvard University, mm. where he studied religion and culture in modern Europe and America. Uh, he's particularly and interested in part of the Dead Poet Society. Isn't that the university where the. Uh, no, they weren't at Harvard. They were not. Uh, okay, I know that. I, God. Jesus. How you like them apples? <laughs> That's a different movie. different movie. It's a different movie. I wonder if he movie. hung out at a Harvard bar. Harvard. We got a Quasins and shit on the wall. <laughs> Okay, my boy's wicked smart. <laughs> Chris is is particularly He's wicked smart. That's what he is. Oh my god, I'm never gonna get through this. No, nope, probably not. Uh, Chris is particularly interested <clears throat> in whoa religion. What happened science. there, buddy? I'm just thinking about things. No, I just couldn't find my spot. Have you okay, particularly? So have you- Interested in religion and science, spirituality and unchurched religion, <laughs> new religious movements, electronic media, and pop culture. Cool. Can we go back to that? Whatever the fuck that was right there. Yeah. Have you seen Vegas Vacation where he's sitting with cousin Eddie at dinner? He goes, and cousin Eddie just goes like cross-eyed for a minute. <laughs> That's exactly what that looked like. It was. He lit- Michael literally just stopped and stared at. Something. I was looking at the nose. <laughs> He's got a metal plate and Beth turned the microwave yes. on. Did you piss your pants and forget yes. who you were for a half an hour? I did. Jeez. I'm losing chunks of time. This is literally the longest it's taken to introduce a guest. I'm losing chunks of time. <laughs> it's a quote from the 4400, by the way. Right there. Okay. Uh, anyway, Christopher G. White, he recently published a book with Harvard University Press uh, that examines fantastic scientific concepts such as invisible dimensions, parallel universes, and the impact these ideas have on our spirituality today. Christopher's book is called Other Worlds, Spirituality and the Search for Invisible Dimensions. Yeah, you're going to like it. Yeah, Without it's pretty fascinating. Ado, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's get into this thing yep yeah yeah christopher white are you there <laughs> i'm here we yes. guess we gotta Present. find a better way in man seriously no this is no. the best way i was gonna say after a hundred and whatever <laughs> episodes no. i feel like we should have found something by this point <laughs> okay christopher um we were just talking about uh, you listening. You have heard this podcast before. And I don't know if yeah. you know that we have a recurring question in our uh, our lightning rounds. Uh, uh, whenever we do a lightning round. We're just going to bump it straight to, straight to okay. the open. So a long time ago, <laughs> so we, we pulled the audience <laughs> and said, what question should we have in a lightning round? And um, someone hit us up, and this was the—I think the first lightning round we did was Rob Bell. No, no, science Mike. Yeah, uh, one or the other. One, doesn't and matter. Doesn't matter. <clears throat> um, but the question was, and, and I'm gonna—I'm gonna pose it to you. Do you believe in the multiverse? <laughs> wow, you just go straight for the. <laughs> See, it seems relevant to what she wrote in the book. So there's no. You know, tell us about yourself and uh, just straight, straight for, like the meaning of life in the multiverse. Wow. Yes, we All tried right. to talk him out of it. He was dead set on yeah. doing it. Though. We will go back to, to remember, who, remember who when are. we were doing our introductions earlier, and you said, "Well, you're a professional." Yeah, yeah, he's not. Yeah. I told you it wouldn't last ten minutes. We'll go back. We'll go back and, and figure out your background. But I just need I need to know that answer. Where are we at with the multiverse? Well, I mean, boy, you know, I. I teach on my wife says like my teaching and my scholarship gets weirder and weirder as I get older because now I teach about 
you know, people's altered states of consciousness and people with UFO abduction experiences, <laughs> people who are taking ayahuasca. And so, you know, it's true. I teach on all these, all these uh, wild and, and weird uh, aspects of altered states and religion. But I have to say that, and, and I'll say it now to you guys, um, I've never really, you know, I've never had an, <laughs> I've never experienced, uh, you know, some sort of um, momentary flash or moment of revelation or some sort of extra sensory knowledge. So I don't, I don't have any privileged, um, I don't think I have any privileged knowledge on the existence of the multiverse, but I will say that, you know, because I've read a lot of the science and studied a lot of the science and I think specifically on the question of multiverse, which is, which is sort of, you know, one set of theories about the universe having many layers and parts, invisible layers and parts and dimensions and so on. On that theory, it seems to me that most cosmologists and physicists today think that there probably is a multiverse. And, um, you know, the reason that I've heard them, or the reasoning, the reason that I've heard is that, you know, it just seems likely that um, we're not the only universe out there, that, you know, if there's one, why not many? And, and I think it helps them also solve the problem of, you know, the specialness of life in a way. Um, you know, I think there was a time when theologians and others said, you know, well, the earth is special and there's, uh -huh. life is special. and The conditions had to be just just right. And this is like the fine tuned universe. And therefore, you know, there must be a intelligent designer who's sort of guiding this. And that's why we have the earth. And then and then scientists, secular scientists sort of responded to that by saying, well, no, you know, the universe is just so massive that and it's so large that, you know, what happened was it was just random. You know, there's all these other places in the infinite number of places in, in our universe. So therefore, Earth is just the one that sort of happened. And it's just a statistical thing. And I think that that's sort of the appeal today for many cosmologists about the multiverse as well, that it allows them to kind of, um, it allows them to have a more random way of thinking about the arrival of, you know, intelligent life in the universe. I love it. And th I think they're, I think they have other reasons that they like the multiverse, but um, I think that's let, let, I, I just have one follow-up question about the multiverse. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to it. Don't worry. <laughs> you have but, a problem. But in, in your professional opinion, can you confirm or deny that Rick and Morty is a documentary? It, it is absolutely a documentary. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I can confirm that. Cool. Yeah. You have some forms of special knowledge. Yeah. Mark it, dude. Yeah. Now, now can we move on, Michael? Okay. Yes, we can move on now. God. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. See, somewhere there's a multiverse where this podcast is actually good. It's actually hosted by Rick and Morty. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I like that. Absolutely. So tell, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, particularly your, your, your religious background as well, if you could tie that in there. Sure. Yeah. Um, I grew up in San Francisco in the Bay Area, and um, I guess I had a... You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I was like a band kid. You know, I, I think uh, I think I was kind of a nerdy kid. I was like a band kid. And um, and uh, I was in a in a minority religious group. I was like this white kid in this minority religious group, the, the Baha'i religion, the Baha'i faith. I don't know if you've heard of the Baha'i faith. Yeah. But, yeah. We had Rain Wilson on uh, to talk about it a little bit. Oh, right. Right. Um, so um, so my mom's side of my family were all Baha'is. My dad's side were Christian, but my dad's pretty secular. Um, my dad doesn't understand the whole religion thing. It's not, he, I don't think he understands the appeal of religion. Um, and so I don't think he ever kind of got me either because I kind of got, I don't know, I was I was kind of a weird kid. I got really into, interested in studying religion and 
you know, I was this kid who like opened the door actually when the Mormons came and knocked. <laughs> I like invited them in and my parents were like, what are you doing? And, but I, so yeah, I was kind of interested in, in religion and I think like having the, the Baha'i upbringing, I mean, it sort of, it sort of exposed me to different religions and to different kinds of people. And I was raised in a pretty white, you know, San Francisco suburb, very white. And, but the Baha'i community actually was diverse, you know, so I, New kids from the Middle East and people who were African American and Asian American. So, and questions about God and questions about religion. And of course, um, you know, this is a time right when religious groups were fighting at various places around the world. Um, so, yeah, I, I had those kind of questions and took those questions with me to college. Hey, Christopher. You know, like, like, We're having like, a little bit of a network connection issue. Sort of Can you hear us? Oh, yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Can we call you right back? I can hear you perfectly. Yeah. All right. Let's, let me call yeah, you. Yeah, sure. It's, you're cutting in now, so let me uh, let me call you right back. And we're back. <laughs> so <laughs> technical difficulties. Got to love it. Again. So, so yeah. Chris, so, uh, do you like Christopher yeah, or sorry, Chris? Like, yeah, uh, Chris is good. Yeah, Chris. All right, cool. So you were talking about the div- your upbringing and the diversity of the Baha'i faith. I believe it's where we started, uh, Lucia. Yeah, yeah. So, um, right. So I was raised like my mother's side of my family were Baha'is, and my dad's side were pretty secular. And um, was raised in a pretty white suburb of San Francisco, but I was in this minority religious group. So, um, yeah, that kind of exposed me to different things, different ideas about religion. Um, different people of different religions and people of different races. So I'm kind of grateful for that, that diversity. That was, that was kind of a, a good launching pad and it got me kind of curious about different religions. And I went off to UC Davis to be an undergraduate and found some great, great professors there and kind of got inspired by what they were doing and studying world religions and interested in religion as kind of a problem in the world in many ways and religion as a factor in so many social movements, political movements, reform movements, of course, violence and terror and all those things. But I got kind of, you know, I got really fascinated with religion as sort of a key part of human behavior. And I just kept going. You know, I, I went to grad school, I applied to a bunch of grad schools and got into one and went to it. Didn't really have a plan. Just kind of took, went where the, where the rabbit led you, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So <clears throat> your book, um, uh, is called uh, Other Worlds. Other Worlds. Yeah, that's what I said. I yeah. said Other Worlds. Well, you, you cut out when you... Oh, I'm sorry. I was reaching back to grab it. Um, other Worlds. So what led you to write this book? Like of all the things, you, it sounds like you've studied kind of a wide variety of things and are interested in a wide variety of things as it pertains to religion. Why this book? And who is it for? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I was interested in this book uh, because I'm interested in kind of a broader conception about what God might be, um, you know, and maybe this goes back to my being raised as a Baha'i. I mean, there's this kind of notion that that God is sort of unknowable, you know, and is kind of beyond the ways that we can imagine things. So that kind of got me interested in broader conceptions of, of God and thinking about uh, reading Christian theology or reading in Judaism or reading in Islam and, and doing things like getting really into sci-fi you know so i think that um getting really into to film sci-fi films and books um, oh, and so man. on some of which i talk about in this book and 
So this book really is an attempt to kind of think about, you know, how is the modern way of imagining God or how is the modern religious imagination changing? You know, and I, and I make an argument in the book, right, that, that um, you know, it looks like a, fewer people are going to church, fewer people are going to synagogues that they were raised in or the churches they were raised in. And yeah. my, the question I raised there is sort of like, well, where are they going to get their enchanted sense of the world? Where are they going to, to get their ideas, right, about transcendence or about heaven, um, about an afterlife, or about the meaning of their own life. And I think one place they're going is these fantastic scientific concepts, you know, like like higher dimensions or other worlds that I talk about. So it was kind of, um, you know, the book, I think, was partly personal in, in that way, and but I was able to combine a lot of different things I, I like and was interested in. Sure. And it's partly sure. partly an intellectual thing, too, to, to be find out where, where these ideas are coming from. So, I mean, what, personally, what did you, what discoveries did you, did you make any discoveries personally as you were writing the book that were kind of meaningful to you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was always one of these kids who, you know, watched like Carl Sagan and watched mm -hmm. uh, and read sort of popular science and watched popular science documentaries. I still do that. And I, I just think there's something about that. I mean, and, and I actually feel stronger as I get older and I've had kids I have three kids now and then I've gotten a little bit older and so I feel kind of the sense of um I think the sense of like I wonder you know what I mean that yeah. about, about the universe about that we're all here for this sort of brief moment um that this really brief you know finite moment that, that we're here um you know so I do feel a stronger sense of kind of awe about that um and, you know, maybe I mentioned earlier that I, I nev I've never had like, you know, an, I've never had a moment of real, you know, altered state of consciousness or intuition. I've never heard God's voice. Maybe you guys have. I don't know. Maybe you can tell me what he says. <laughs> Christopher. <laughs> he sounds a lot like Morgan Freeman. He does, right? Yeah. For me, too, actually. Yes. Yeah. I've that God has spoken to me. Yes. Or, or skinny Val Kilmer. Yes. Not fat Val Kilmer. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, for me, for me, I do feel a sense of kind of mysticism. I think about the universe, you know, mediated through these kinds of science documentaries. And so, I don't know if I would call that a big spiritual discovery, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely noticed that as I've gotten more and more into popular science. And then, of course, I write about science fiction in there. I write about Madame Langle and C.S. Lewis, and many of these people actually have a kind of a sense that they got re-enchanted through science strangely and i mean it's essentially what i mean that's essentially the whole what you're talking about is the whole point of pale blue dot by carl sagan is that you're yeah you, you can pull back billions of miles literally and you see this little <laughs> this little pale dot floating yeah. around in, in absolute nothingness yeah. and you realize that you <laughs> you're not even a blip on the radar yeah, and, 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 yeah, and I, I, there, right. there are two reactions to that one is just depression or terror depression yeah. and terror or from I, it kind of the opposite effect on me it was it was like all in wonders like holy cow i'm in like somehow i'm in the middle of yeah, all of like this less than a pin prick less than a pin the, prick yeah. in yeah. this but it, it just sort of filled me with like this sense of all like how big literally everything is yeah yeah and and uh, and how hard it is to explain and i mean maybe there's something about feeling really small and and feeling small and um you know totally inept really to kind of mm -hmm master it or understand it i remember i think you guys all have kids right yep. yeah yep yeah um i remember um when my when my third child was born in particular our daughter and um 
you know, that's another one of those experiences, right, where you're kind of confronted with yeah. something that seems impossible. Yep. Um, and it's kind of awesome, you know, and, and it just kind of strikes you in, in that moment. And it's, it's kind of hard to put it into language exactly how that changes how that changes you or how that changes your theology. But I think for me, in terms of theology, I would say that it kind of reinforced uh, the un, the unknowability of God for me. And, and it also kind of reinforced a feeling I had when I was young, which was which was that I didn't like people who went around talking about, you know, their religion as the only way. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really didn't like, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I really, I really, that really bothered me, um, especially because I knew different kinds of people, I guess. Yeah. Um, so it kind of reinforced that the silliness of that kind of way of thinking. Um, hopefully I'm not offending, you know, your listeners, but your no, listeners are probably not offended by that. No, yeah. we uh, don't, we don't care if they are. So <laughs> if they are, then good. <laughs> yeah, those are the ones that have already left They're a one, the, they've already left a one star review and fucked off. So <laughs> we're not worried about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, just, I feel like, um, I think it's bigger than we thought and, and bigger than we can. think. And maybe the theology needs to expand a little bit too, you know, um, it reminds me of like Paul Knitter or somebody like that, or, you know, I mean, there are definitely people from the Christian side who talk in these ways, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sure. You've mentioned a couple of times, uh, hidden dimensions. What can you talk about what you mean by that? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I talk about different ways of thinking about hidden dimensions or layers in the universe, in the book. And I mean, usually when people talk about dimensions, they mean something pretty specific. So I, and I could just explain it by saying, uh, a line has one dimension; it has length, and then um, a uh, a flat square, like you would draw on the surface of a sheet of paper, has two dimensions: it has length, length and width. And then uh, a three-dimensional cube, like a Rubik's cube, has three dimensions: it's got length, width, and height. So, as far as we know, you know, those, those three spaces or spatial dimensions are are the three that we that we have. There's another dimension of time, but that's um, sort of separate. But the question is, is, you know, is there also a fourth direction? You know, could, could you somehow stretch that three-dimensional cube into a four-dimensional object, um, you know, and, and does that direction or dimension exist? You know, maybe it exists, uh, but we are, but because of the limitations of our consciousness, we're not able to perceive it. Some people in history have kind of entertained that idea, and many mathematicians and geometers actually, you know, entertain the idea. They, they, de- they develop mathematics for all kinds of things, incorporating extra spaces and extra spatial dimensions. So, you know, you can definitely do that in the context of math, um, but, you know, it may not correspond to anything in reality. But this is an issue I take up in my book. You know, is it is it possible that, you know, that this there could be a fourth space or a fifth space or higher dimensional spaces to reality, but we can't perceive them? So can you talk a little bit, and I think the basis, I mean, from what I got from the book, that a lot of this, I don't know if jump started the not jump started, but um, sort of took on a whole new level when Einstein showed up. Um, yeah. His yeah. Can, can you kind of give us a a dumb down as dumb as possible a dumbed down <laughs> version of his two uh, the theory of uh, special and general relativity because I think yeah, it plays, well, it's an important part of what you talk about in the book. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean. I mean, this was one of the hard things about the book, right? It's like, you know, I wasn't really trained in history of science or history of math, mm-hmm. but um, I kind of had to read all of this um, popular science, which which is fun on, on the one hand. On the other hand, it's learning something like, you know, Einstein's theories is, is difficult. I mean, when Einstein came up with this 
reason people started writing about them. The joke back then was, you know, there's only 10 people in the world who can understand them. Um, because, I mean, Einstein is one of these theories, his theories of um, you know, special and general relativity, they, they're kind of counterintuitive, right? I think that in some ways that's, that's a watershed moment in modern science when science starts to point to results that are counterintuitive, that are things that are kind of hard to believe, right? Before mm -hmm. that, in the 19th century, there's this idea among Americans and Europeans that science is kind of um, what you do with your senses. You know, you, you can trust your senses and whatever you see out there, you pick it all up, you count it, you classify it. That's what science is. Um, but with Darwin, with Darwin's sort of mathematical, I'm sorry, not Darwin, uh, Einstein's <laughs> mathematics, it became harder to figure out. So for instance, like, you know, Einstein ends up saying things that, that, um, that are hard to believe. So he says that, you know, matter and energy are somehow interchangeable. You know, this is his great you know, famous equation, E equals MC squared. So one thing that says is that you can, you can transform matter into energy, which is weird, right? Because we think of like matter as kind of something hard and right. energy as something not hard. And so that was one weird thing he said. Another weird thing he said uh, or that he showed in his mathematics is that, you know, we live in a, um, a four-dimensional space-time fabric. So, you know, there's three spatial dimensions and there's an additional dimension of time. And the weird thing about that was that he said that they're all woven together such that, for example, like, um, you know, very large objects can bend these things. And that seems weird, like, right? Like the fact that Earth or the sun or something exists in the middle of, of space and its, its mass is bending not just space around it, but it's bending time. Right? I don't know if you saw the, saw the film. Did you see Interstellar? Oh, I loved it. I've seen that was it like, so good. Yeah. probably seen it like five or six times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 it's so great. But so they deal with that issue there, which is that they go to a, you know, they go out near a singularity, which has like massive amounts of gravity and they go on a big planet with a lot of gravity and time slows down. So when you're on that planet, because of Einstein's equations, right, they, they tell us that when you're in a space, with a lot of gravity, your, your clock, when you look at your watch, it'll look like it's just ticking normally. But if you were in at every moment to compare it to someone's watch on earth, it would be ticking really, really slowly. So when they went out to that near that singularity, they lost tons of time. They thought they were just on the planet's surface for an hour, but when they got back wet, it was like 70 years of Earth time had passed. Yeah. So that's a really weird thing that Einstein showed with his mathematical equations, right? And we and we now know to be true. Um, later on, his his mathematics was proven to be correct through different kinds of measurements and so on. So that's another weird thing, right? Time can slow down um, or speed up depending on your frame of reference, space can be bent, like the fabric of space. That's so weird. I mean, right. Um, Brian so Green, then, uh, Brian Green was on, um, the physicist yeah. was on, um, he's been on Stephen Colbert, the, the late show with Stephen yeah. Colbert a couple different times. You need to go, yeah. if you, if anybody hasn't seen this yet, go YouTube him because he does a fantastic job of showing the, that warping of space around the sun, around a star, around a black hole, whatever yeah. it is. Um, and just and what that actually means for how planets orbit and why they orbit and it's it's yeah. pretty phenomenal and he, he again it's really he, weird. he does it's weird and he dumbs it down to the point where you get oh at least on some level i i understand what he's saying so so basically yeah, what, he's really, what, we're, what we're coming to the conclusion of is that there's no such thing as seven literal days so, <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm working my way to the to the theological points exactly <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That, that's what we're getting to. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, so that that's we, it was weird for people to think that time is not, you know, we kind of think of time intuitively as like flowing at a kind of a constant 
grade. And he showed that that just wasn't the case. And he also showed that this is another weird concept that, you know, the equations of physics show the, the universe to be laid out in a great big block, that everything is laid out, that all of our futures is laid out on a timeline in this big block, all of our past, present moment, it's all there in this kind of, in this great block universe. So, you know, there's a number of ways in which, you know, our intuitive ideas about time are kind of overthrown with Einstein. And I actually, you know, one of the, one of the characters or a couple of characters in my book use that idea. And in chapter six, I talk about a guy who had dreams that weirdly predicted the future. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you got to that yep, chapter or yeah, not, yeah, but yep. he was a very cool guy, very interesting guy. He, um, you know, and uh, I talk about a couple people who like J.W. Dunn, who I talk about there, had these combat experiences. They had traumatic experiences. Um, he was in the middle of combat in uh, in South Africa in the Second Boer War in 1902, and so he starts having these nightmares, and he wakes up and he he actually starts to write them down because he's kind of frightened by them, and then he realizes that you know the next day, the day after, he opens the newspaper and there. You know, there is the catastrophe that he dreamed about the night before or two nights ago. So he starts to wonder how this is possible. And he ends up using this, you know, this idea of the block universe, um, all space and time in one block. He starts to use this idea as a way of trying to explain what could have happened to him. Right. How how can I account for um, how can I account for the fact that, excuse me, the the dream itself somehow had another degree of freedom to lift up off of the block universe and maybe peek, you know, into a future time and see something. But he develops a whole higher dimensional theory where he says that the dreaming consciousness has, does actually, or is able to move in another dimension, right? So, you know, we have our three spatial dimensions. The dreaming self is, for some reason, it has another degree of freedom. It can move around. It can take a glimpse into the future areas of the block universe and bring that knowledge back. So that's, that's pretty out there, but, you know, he, He's trying to explain his, his, his experiences, and he wrote that bestseller, and then a lot of people read the book, and I talk in my book about other people who have had similar dreams, um, you know, where they feel like they're glimpsing the future, and it's funny, you know, since I wrote this book and I get talked about it, I have all these people now come, coming up to me at the end of end, the end of my talks and or online, they'll send me emails, or and they'll say, you know, oh, I had this experience, I had this happen, I had this happen, and so... It's not that uncommon, actually, yeah, for people. I, I'm literally sitting here and s- saying to them, I've, I, that's happened to me. I had a dream where uh, yeah. I, m- I met somebody I'd never met before, and they actually didn't even live in the state that I uh, lived in. And then they moved into the state, and within like two weeks I, of the dream, I met them. Super weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Super weird. And there's no explanation for me because there's no possible way I could have met them before then. You're a seer, Michael. I know. Well, it, I you're do. Sc- I do score high with uh, the gift of prophecy. So. <laughs> we need to tap into that shit so we can win the lottery or something. No <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I don't think that's one of the gifts of the spirit, is it? That you uh, prophecy I mean, I know is there's like, kind there's of drinking poison and there's <laughs> handling serpents and stuff, but I don't think dreaming the future is in there. Oh, love it. Uh, so, you know, the book you say that, you know, one of the biggest mysteries that is uh, I've heard a lot of people say is probably unsolvable is consciousness. Yeah. Um, and you say that like a number of physicists and kind of more mystic and spiritual seekers insist that consciousness somehow shapes physical realities. Uh, yeah. Can you kind of unpack that idea a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, yeah, like if, if you can, two, three minutes. Yeah, if you got a couple minutes, you can unpack that for us. And the timer yeah, starts you don't mess now. Around on the podcast. Yeah, you really, you really don't mess around. This is from the multiverse to, uh, to quantum right. physics. Yeah, 
So yeah, I mean, after Einstein, his special special relativity is 1905, and general relativity is 1915. I think I have that right. But then in the 1920s, you know, quantum mechanics comes along with a number of other scientists. Um, you know, developing these, developing a whole another set of uh, what we say like counterintuitive ideas. Uh, you know, developing a whole another set of counterintuitive ideas. So those ideas include things like, you know, the wave particle, uh, mm -hmm. matter and so on. I think I talked about, do I talk about this in the book a little bit? Now I'm forgetting my own book. So. <laughs> the wave particle stuff? The, uh, the, well, the difference between like, um, the difference between wave, yeah, wave and particle. Uh, I don't remember. I know Brian Green does the book I was reading while I was reading yours, so I'm <laughs> kind of a little confused about which physics part I was I was reading. Okay. I can't remember if it is or not, honestly. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, and that's you know that's one of the counterintuitive sort of conclusions of of uh, of quantum mechanics, right? Which is that you know when you look at something, it seems to change form. So this kind of I'm trying to get back to your question on sort of consciousness. Well, so yeah, the role of consciousness. Um, um, even among physicists, right, is is recognized as 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 important in some sense. So I have to be a little bit careful about how I explain this because physicists hate. Yeah. <laughs> Many physicists sort of hate how like pop culture spirituality yes. spirituality people have sort of taken this. But from the physics perspective, there is a way in which you know human subjectivity or consciousness is recognized as a factor, and uh, and some of those ideas come from. This uh, this double slit experiment, which mm -hmm. I think I talked a little bit about in the book, mm -hmm. but uh, the double slit experiment was basically, you know, in the history in the last seventy five years, scientists have fired, you know, elementary particles through a metal plate that has two slits in it. It has a double slit, two slits in it. So, you know, if these elementary particles, like firing single photons or sing single electrons, okay, now if you if you're firing single electrons and, and they are actually little hard marbles or something through um, or at a at a metal plate with two slits they'll they'll go through the two slits or they'll bounce off the metal right they'll either they'll either go through one of the other slit and then they'll show up on the back screen and they'll make a kind of a pattern on the back screen um, because they got through the two slits well that's that's what happens sometimes um, but. It looks like that the that particles like electrons are not actually they're not actually particles. They're not completely particles. They're actually they also have wave-like characteristics. So, you know, we know this because um, if you were to take single electrons, you know, and fire them and fire them through there, they they form a, a wave-like pattern. So they actually end up going through both slits. And uh, <laughs> just, yeah, kind of strange. Now, if you could imagine a, um, if you could imagine a wave, right? If you fired an electron and it had a wavy shape, it would hit the plate and then it would go through both slits as a kind of a wave pattern, and then it would hit the screen in the back um, as a wave pattern. So, it's you know the some physicists talk about elementary particles as unpicturable or unimaginable because they don't appear to have the same kind of reality that we have in our you know, our everyday world, right? Things are solid and things have one location and so on, but it, it seems like elementary particles don't. Um, now, the, the, the piece where consciousness comes in is that um, if you set up an observer um, and you observe the particles being fired before they hit the slits, they, they, uh, they choose. 
they, they become particles um, rather than wave-like entities. So if you set up an observer um, observing the particle stream before it hits the screen, before it hits the plate, um, the, the particles, let's say electrons, they go through as little balls, little hard balls. They hit the, hit the, the other the far screen. So consciousness appears to have a role, and we'll talk about this as that um, they, collapse the, they collapse the probability wave of the electron, and they force the electron, when you, when you observe it, they force the electron to choose a location. That's really weird. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> that's, that's really weird. Um, you know, and so consciousness appears to have some role in determining where things are in the quantum world. All right. Uh, and Einstein, Einstein actually never accepted this. Um, you know, he never accepted this idea. He, he made fun of, he made fun of the quantum physicist by saying, you know, what do you mean? Like, are you, are you saying that, you know, the moon is not there when I'm not looking at it? Um, <laughs> of course that's not what they meant, but it, it appears that in the quantum world, you know, when you look at something or take a measurement, you force this kind of hazy, indeterminate, fuzzy reality in that world into a more concrete shape. So, yeah, so human, the, the conscious observer appears to have a role in shaping what the quantum world looks like. Now, the question is, you know, what does that mean? I mean, does right. is do, does that mean something for our world of larger things? I mean, you know, where there are the quantum interactions of all cancel, cancel each other out and we live in a world of larger objects. I mean, you know, how far can you scale up that fuzzy sort of quantum world that is shaped apparently by human consciousness? How far can you scale it up? Yeah. Some physicists, you know, with a more mystical bent think that the quantum effects do scale up, you know, um, and there's even a field called quantum biology now where people look at the ways that quantum interactions are shaping Things like how a flock of birds might, um, you know, how it's cr- it's crazy, right? Like birds fly in these flocks and they like exactly follow each other, and you know. So anyway, quantum biologists have pointed to, you know, quantum quantum interactions is taking place um, and helping shape those types of things in nature. So it's not just that quantum um, interactions or our interaction with the quantum world happens on just the level that are very small. It appears to it does appear to scale up in some ways, but like I said, physicists go crazy when you start talking about as as people do, right? They start talking about how, you know, like in the New Age movement, right? How consciousness shapes reality, and all you got to do is put your intention out there in the world. Yeah. And I'm going to next year. I'm going to have a million dollars. I'm right. going to get a fifty percent raise in my salary. Um, therefore, I'm going to get it. Right? There's these films like What the Belief Do We Know and The Secret, and so man. Many physicists will push back on that idea that right. consciousness shaped that kind of reality. But you know, just to just to wrap it up, I'll say you know, no one really knows what consciousness is. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to say, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think consciousness is one of those mysteries. That's a discussion that's been had in our little Facebook group a number of times. Is is consciousness even a thing? Yeah. Is mm-hmm. it even a thing, or is it just your? Uh, I, I mean, I don't even know what the alternative is. Like, other than it's just literally moment to moment and you create the reality in front of you as opposed to the consciousness of being some playing some, I don't even, I can't even fucking explain it, but like there's been a number of discussions about that and there's people that fall in both camps. Oddly enough. Yeah. I guess the question that's been not bugging me, but the question I've wanted to ask (laughs) since, you know, I was reading the book and you know, you, in in the book, it, it you go through and you talk about different people and, and and scientists and philosophers and theologians and all this that 
kind of looked to the science of the day and found found a deeper meaning. Okay, so, you know, where you talk about some that were sort of believers and they sort of lost their faith, and then in science, they sort of found it again. And I guess it kind of begs the question for me, and I I was thinking from sort of the vantage point of some of our listeners, we have some, uh, you know, atheist listeners and those that are definitely skeptics. I would consider myself a skeptic in a lot of ways. Like... How much of this is in your mind is actually grounded in reality? Like, here's what I mean by that is I can I can hear some of our listeners going, okay, so basically you're talking about a bunch of spiritual people, spiritually minded people that uh, basically glommed on to science, the popular science of the day to justify their beliefs, to make themselves feel better. You know, yeah. so like in, in your mind, how much of this is actually grounded in reality as far as, you know, spiritual spirituality and, you know, hidden dimensions and, yeah, yeah I mean, what, how would you, I mean, what in your mind, does it have any validity at all? Yeah, I think the short answer to that is yes. Um, you know, and maybe this gets back to the question earlier about like, you know, why I wrote the book and what yeah. sort of excites me about what excites me about the book. And, and maybe it gets back to our earlier way of talking about, you know, being confronted with the awesome mystery of the universe. And so I guess the first thing I'd say about that would be that, you know, when I think about this stuff and when I think about the vastness of even our visible universe, I think it, I think there is a, a groundedness in reality to that experience, you know, um, you know, even thinking about like our visible universe as infinite, right? Or even thinking about the mysteries of dark matter, dark energy, which which are really massive parts sure. of our universe that we don't understand. So, I think that I think that in my mind, I think you can go from some of these fantastic scientific concepts to the idea that, you know what? Why not? You know, I mean, <laughs> sure. if, if there are these sort of like heavy duty, fantastic, unbelievable, mysterious kind of concepts that are being developed by scientists and mathematicians, why not? I mean, why not embrace a kind of a, what we say, an expanded notion of an expanded universe? Sure. Including a spiritual universe. Mm -hmm. I guess I would say in that sense, it's grounded in reality. And I think that, you know, the question of like, earlier we talked about, you know, what is an an extra dimension? What would it be? Obviously, we can't perceive those things. But one thing I didn't mention is that, you know, Modern, you know, string theorists are developing mathematical equations, and they're they're developing them with higher dimensions, with with many additional dimensions, actually, in order to solve a problem, probably the the problem in modern physics, the most puzzling problem in modern, which is that we have two sets of equations for the world, and there really shouldn't be two; there should be one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the two sets of equations, and we know that they're both right. Uh, there are the quanta, quantum mechanics, which governs the behavior of the very small, and um, relativity, which governs the behavior of the large things. And, but those two sets of equations do not fit together. So the only way to fit them together, as far as we know, is to develop um, a new, new set of equations, which string theorists are doing, and, and you know, brain theorists and M-theory, there's a lot of different names, these different sort of mathematical models. They're using... Um, they're using, they're incorporating higher dimensions within their mathematics in order to find, you know, um, a more, we say, elegant logic to, to nature. So, though we don't know if extra dimensions exist, 
But I think, you know, these mathematicians think it's the only way in town to figure out uh, a unified theory. And I think that, I think that, you know, is this grounded in reality? Um, there is no proof of those mathematical models. Um, you know, there's certainly no proof that there are extra dimensions. But I think sometimes, like, the just the fantastic science, like I said earlier, is kind of enough for many people, including some mathematicians and scientists, to say, you know what, um, you know, if these dimensions make sense within the context of my science or my math, why not? You know, maybe, maybe they also make sense for thinking about the meaning of my life or the way my life is embedded in, in, in a multi-layered sort of world. And that's where I'm kind of interested in the imagination. You know, I mean, that's where, that's where I think people use science in imaginative ways to think about, uh, to contextualize their life, right? And think right. about their life within the context of their children and their children's children or their grandparents or their great grandparents and so on. So I think, so yeah, I think that my answer to that question is that, yeah, I think it is grounded in reality, but, you know, the the science of higher dimensions or, or the multi the science of the multiverse, right? Um, you know, I think it remains to be seen what what exactly that is. But there's plenty of other things in the universe um, that are quite mysterious. And the our visible universe itself is so awesome and massive that, you know, I'm sure there's all kinds of, of things out there. Um, and you still, you know, I think that they still... Part of that awe and wonder is the question, right? That the question when you're confronted with this awesome universe, like, you know, why? Um, you know, it reminds me of what was the guy, Trey Parker, one of the creators of South Park. He was like, there's this great quote where he was like, you know, um, he's, ta he's, he's talking about religion and he says that, well, yeah, I mean, he says that like the most ridiculous, you know, creation narrative I've ever heard, you know, uh, is is the one that yeah there's just a big bang at some point and now there's just a bunch of stuff and it's all here and we don't know why and that's it and he's like that's the most ridiculous like <laughs> creation narrative I've ever heard it's like the most unbelievable creation narrative I've ever heard you know that's the one we get from science so you know I think there still is the question you know those questions in the face of mystery and I do think these fantastic science popular science Brian Greene I mean and then the really strange strange kind of implications of quantum science um, and you know other fantastic ideas kind of fuels that that imagination yeah I've read enough of Brian yeah. Greene's stuff and listened to enough of his stuff that when you get start getting smaller and you start getting into the quantum world shit gets weird real fast yeah, real exactly. weird I mean before you even get down to the string like the you know the theoretical string level I mean it yeah. it shit gets weird like I mean you they really they really are, I think they really are talking like 11 12 13 dimensions at this point with, yeah. at, at least at the quantum level, like just stuff, just, just yeah. weird stuff. Yeah. Another, and another counterintuitive aspect of quantum mechanics real quick, um, because this one has, has been proven to exist, right? So we can talk about fantastic concepts that haven't been proven and ones that have, but this one has been proven and this it's quantum entanglement. Mm -hmm. So, and, and no one can explain this, you know, so let me just put that out there. Right. So we know this <laughs> exists, but no one has a model that could possibly explain. This. So, you know, this is the idea that, you know, two elementary particles can can be entangled in a special way if they interact, and then they can be separated by miles, by thousands of miles, by hundreds of thousands of miles, by millions of miles. They can be on 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 Mars, and one can be here, and they can what you do to one instantaneously affects what happens to the other. Yeah. There's no there's no there's no explanation for that because the you know, one thing Einstein says is that nothing can 
can move faster than light. So, mm-hmm. but this this form of communication or entanglement or whatever you want to call it is happening instantaneously. So, there are you know in 20th century science there are fantastic ideas, and that that no one can explain, but we know to be true. So which go, which goes back to why you can't explain if nothing can move faster than light, that's why you can't take the theory of general relativity and quantum mechanics and make them work together very well. Yeah, that's essentially right. that, what that that's is. Another, that's another unexplainable thing, yeah. right? We shouldn't have if, if there's one universe, we shouldn't have two sets of laws. So I think those kinds of scientific questions do fuel kind of what if kind of metaphysical questions that people ask. Yeah. So let me ask this. So you quote a, a, a guy in the book, and his name just gives me great joy to say, Octavius Frothingham. <laughs> that is such it a... It literally sounds like a name in a hack novel. It does, totally, <laughs> yeah. It's like a. It's almost that like is, a uh, like somebody, bad. like an evil like mastermind in a James it's, Bond novel or yeah, something. Yeah. Um, right next to right. his sidekick, Pussy Galore. Of course. Um, uh, he said uh, that ours is an age of restatements and reconstructions, of conversions and quote-unquote, new departments in many directions. There's an uneasy feeling... Uh, I lost my... Uh, there's an uneasy feeling in regard to the foundation of belief. The old foundations have been sorely shaken. Like, that could have been written yesterday. And yet, yeah. it's literally, I, like, as over a century ago, almost a century ago, he wrote that. Do you... You know, in the work that you've been doing and the, the teaching you've been doing, do you see some similarities in the spiritual upheaval between our time period now and then early nineteenth? Yeah, and like the early nineteen hundreds, where yeah. you, I mean, most of your book is focused on that early, late nineteenth, early twentieth century stuff. Um, do you yeah. see the similar? I mean, do you see similarities, and what are they? Yeah, I see a lot of similarities. I mean, I think that I would see that whole time period as on the same continuum. I mean. You know, yeah, you're right. I start like in the in the late 19th century, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then go through like C.S. Lewis, Madeleine Engel, mm-hmm. and then I talk about the Twilight Zone and some science fiction. Mm-hmm. And the and then the last chapter, I do talk about like the afterlife movement, near death experiences, right. out of body experiences. So I do try to bring it up um, closer to like modern spiritual seekers. But I, def- I definitely see that whole. All of those spiritual seekers, all as a part of the movement that I'm trying to figure out. You know, I'm yeah. trying to I'm trying to figure out where they come from. I mean, one thing that you see, as I sort of mentioned earlier, is that you see fewer and fewer people going to church and mm-hmm. affiliating with church or synagogue. But you see just you see the same high levels though of people in America who say, um, "I believe in ghosts." You know, I believe in God. Right. I believe in an afterlife. So those numbers are really staying high. So I'm trying to figure out. You know, what are the kinds of ways that these spiritual seekers are, you know, developing new kind of ways of thinking about heaven and spirit and, and transcendence? And I think in Octavius Brothingham's... <laughs> I mean, you have to laugh when you say the name. You have to. You would, you would like you would like Frothingham's. I can't bring him on the podcast, but um, he, he was a, you know, a liberal religious guy, you know, a Unitarian or um, what's called the Free Religious Association. So, kind of skeptic, kind of a... Unitarian, um, maybe one foot re- remains in Christianity, especially back then, a hundred years ago. Yeah. Um, a lot of people sounds very familiar. Yeah, it was more the thing too. You know. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, he was he was engaging with that too. You know, like this sense of change. You know, um, science is changing, knowledge is changing. We already talked about Einstein very early in the twentieth century, and then quantum mechanics in the twenties and thirties, and so those sciences really did, you know, they really did shake up, I think, how people saw what the world was and how people saw what their place was in the world. 
You know, I talk about this a little bit in the book, but you have popularizers of the science who themselves are scientists, but who also are mystics. So it's not just the case, actually, that scientists are developing these hard-headed, you know, scientific, secular ideas, da 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 and then along come crazy, you know, wrong-headed um, mystics and spiritual seekers, and they misappropriate. That's actually not what happens. I mean, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. plenty of scientific people 100 years ago and now who have kind of become spiritual seekers, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. um, and you see that in the earlier period, and you see that in the later period. Like in the later period, like you know, look at like the 60s, the psychedelic 60s, and into the 70s and 80s. You yeah. actually have yeah. a number of very well-known um, physicists who then become like, sort of pop culture spiritual gurus. Yeah. Um, like this guy Fred Allen Wolf, who I talk yeah. about in the book, and you know they they write books like you might have heard of, like the Tao of Physics by mm-hmm. Capra. So they actually themselves, sort of the physicists, get involved in you know wow this is physics sort of revealing a new a new uh, what we say texture to reality right or and maybe a new place for us in the world. And, you know, just to just to finish up with the thought of like mystical scientists, you know, there's this guy, Eugene Wigner, who is this Nobel Prize winning physicist, right, who said that you know, he, he said things like, for instance, that, well, you know, because we need human consciousness to provoke, you know, subatomic particles into a more concrete existence. I think that what what's happening on a global scale is God is observing the universe and provoking it into a kind of concrete existence Mm -hmm. so this is like you know this is like the scientists sort of having this theory about you know what god is god is sort of this ultimate um what we say subjectivity or consciousness that is observing everything and therefore provoking it into a more concrete existence yeah and what's interesting is that like i think now more than ever especially progressive christians are starting to use almost um scientific terms to talk about yeah. What you know to talk about the Christ, the Christ conscious, talking about it's the energy, yeah. it's the glue, it's yeah. the you know you could say yeah. it's the unified field that's holding, it's it's that's holding everything. Even even the uh, the you know the Higgs boson, they called it the God particle. I mean, exactly. it was supposed to be the central thing. Well, then, they, the, then they blew. Then they realized that wasn't the smallest they could find. It's like son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Every time they split something up, more shit falls out. <laughs> Damn of it. it. Um, Same. But but <laughs> God, Michael. <laughs> But every <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but every time I apologize, friend. Um, but, but like every time, like I mean, the, you know, they use terms like the God particle, and, and Christians are using terms like energy and um, ground of being, and like they're using all these physical terms as a, it's almost scientific terms as opposed to spiritual terms that we've used for so long. Um, I just I find it interesting that <laughs> that the scientists are becoming more Christians and the Christians are becoming more scientific about everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you see that. Like, I remember in the chapter I wrote on C.S. Lewis, I think it's like the chapter seven, but um, even C.S. Lewis is doing that. In mm-hmm, fact, he's reading right. er, earlier in the book, I talk about this like sci fi book called Flatland, yep. mm-hmm. um, about a, like a flat dimensional world. And and then um, I, t- I talked, we talked earlier about this guy who interprets his dreams and J.W. Dunn. And, and C.S. Lewis is reading those himself. And, and he's. In mere Christianity and some sermons that he gave and collected essays, he actually uses these concepts of higher dimensions to, to sort of reimagine things like the Trinity and the and, and the resurrection. And so he actually, you're right, he he goes back and he's like, well, let, we can use these scientific concepts to shed light on, you know, how to think in new ways or maybe more, and I think maybe more plausible ways, right? That's the that's the reason or mm-hmm. reason I think. 
you know, theologians are maybe turning to science. It kind of gives them a little bit of, I don't know, what we say, authority, the authority of science. They can borrow the authority of science um, to reimagine Christian tropes. I think right. that's possible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, so I want to ask, uh, we, we'll wrap this up, but I want to I ask this question. In your mind, your opinion, what happens when you die? <laughs> I like how you started with the multiverse and you end with heaven. That's pretty good. I know, right? let's, put, let's put him on record. That's pretty good. I also noticed that a lot of your podcasts are a lot funnier than this. One. I feel like I should be telling more jokes or something. I don't know no, you're good. I, no, we'll get to that earlier. We'll get to that before we're, you get to you. Don't worry. We're about like it. totally. I'm just totally enthralled with what you're saying. Yeah, like this stuff just blows my science. Freaking science mind. and physics blow you know, my I'm, mind. I'm trying to think of all my best like multiverse jokes. But <laughs> I need more caffeine, but um, <laughs> but yeah. What do, well, what do I think happens when you die? I do think, you know, I think I'm kind of a, I think I've been kind of influenced by all the people I've studied in some ways, and, and probably also by my uh, by my background in the Baha'i faith. And I mean, I do have a mystical side to me for sure, and that's that's sort of you know, part of me is inspired by the popular science and the fantastic science, and I think part the book comes out of that, and then. Like I said, like now that I wrote this book, I'm suddenly like this guy who, you know, that people tell their stories to, which is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which is cool. So, you know, I have people telling me about their near-death experiences. And I mean, I actually I find that stuff to be, you know, probably more believable than a hard-headed skeptic would find that to be. You know, I find that stuff to be certainly possible. And I think because of my, my background in the Baha'i faith, I, I, I do tend to think that there's, that there's a divine something. And I, I tend to think that, that there's something after this life as well, that there's probably many worlds and layers um, out there. But, you know, I don't know where you would search for proof of that. I think, I think right. you could, you know, I think you could go buy my book and read it and find lots of people who are thinking along those lines. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, for me, it's like proof. I mean, when I, when I got into sort of religion and spirituality, it was much more like, you know, I didn't know if God existed, but I started, I started like, and meditating and mm-hmm. sort of like my friend like my friend Rudy Rucker who's a sci-fi writer um and he sort of said the same thing that you know it was just more of like an experience of prayer and meditation that he felt he felt like it put him in a certain place mm-hmm. and I think it was for me a combination of, of getting in a certain place with with that prayer and and also reading popular science and talking to people who've had these different kinds of experiences so I do think there's something after this life. Well, and I, think all, I think all this stuff, I mean, I think what it ultimately does, meditation, okay. science, like all these yeah. things, I think ultimately what it does is it, it connects you to something larger than yourself. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. I think it, it, it's and, very and base I, core. That's what it does. Right. And, and maybe, and maybe part of the thing I like about the book and, and the research that I do is like, it is in some ways about a more expansive imagination. You know, I mean, I do mm-hmm. think that, there are sort of scientific skeptics who plod along in their laboratory and, and plod through their work carefully and they do wonderful work and that's great. But I also think that there's a way in which there's a restriction of the imagination that takes place there. Yeah. Um, and some people are most, most comfortable following in that, in that narrow lane and that's fine, but I'm interested in the possibilities um, of like expanding the imagination. Yeah. Um, that's, that was a great answer. Uh, I mean, I, at the end of the day, the, the only answer is I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, Jesus, Brad. It, 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 no, but I mean, it, it, it honestly comes down. I mean, I I think about that stuff all the time. I, you know, yeah. I and, and you know, at the end of the day, nobody knows. Um, yeah. You know, we grew up 
all three of us here grew up um, evangelical Christian, and so it was very yeah, certain, yeah, very yeah. certain what happens when you die. And we said the prayer or whatever and got baptized. Yeah. And so you know, you know, we've sort of jettisoned that all of that yeah. Um, yeah. over the years, and now I'm kind of left with uncertainty, but I'm also kind of okay with that, which is yeah. really weird considering how we yeah. grew up. Um, yeah. But I think, uh, I, I don't know, I mean, I'm just constantly, you know, you, you hear of, um, you know, these sort of highly, there's not really a way to say it, highly spiritual people, let's say yogis or yeah. Um, Christian, yeah, yogi bear, uh, Christian mystics, you know, whatever, <laughs> that... Don't shake your that head. talk about how they can almost they can see they can see it coming like they can mm-hmm. see yeah. they're so plugged in or whatever they can see it coming and they see and what they see is light they see like an enveloping presence they see, like mm-hmm. I mean I even had my my wife's uh, grandma who's no longer with us but she did at one point um, have a near death experience she was legally dead for fifteen minutes and yeah, there you go and. Like they actually, the nurse came in to prepare her body, and her hand twitched. I mean, that would be enough and, to make and you after shit the, your and, pants right after there. The nurse shit or scrubs, they. Uh, um, but no, I mean, like she was legally like they came in, they had pronounced her dead, and she was dead for fifteen minutes. Anyway, she wow. talked about, yeah. and this is not a crazy woman. She was a wonderful. Like yeah, she sure. was not. It's hard to write off when it's somebody you know. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, she, you know what I mean? This isn't somebody who's like an aliens probe my anus. And you're like, okay. It wasn't anything like that. It was like Same. what she, what she, <laughs> she talked about what she saw was light and like beauty and, you know, kind of a, a garden or whatever. Um, and, you know, you just, you, you hear all of these stories and you, you hear about these, these spiritual, these super spiritual people that you know like i said yogis and stuff that just see this enveloping presence and they're and they're just this it, it's almost like a peace and a calm in that they will say there's something you know what i mean like mm-hmm. yeah. you, you just don't read of a lot of yogis going i see this coming and it's just a void or it's just a darkness or it's just a lights out type type deal yeah. so i yeah. i'm just endlessly yeah. fascinated by this i was actually really surprised in reading your book how far back sort of this tradition yeah. goes like I had no clue. Yeah. I always thought that like multidimensional theory and all that was a very new. And I mean, I guess on the spectrum of history, it is very new, but yeah. you know, I, I was thinking it was like, I would think late 20th century, but it was like, man, late 19th century is yeah. when this stuff really started to take hold. Um, but yeah, I'm just, it, I, I found the whole book very fascinating. Um, and just in how people, in different ways found meaning in the, in the data, in the science, in the math, in the, you know, whatever was going on in the day. Um, one question I do have, like in your research, what, what were some things, what, what are some books besides yours? We want people to buy other worlds by Christopher G white. Um, (laughs) G stands for the G stands for gangster. Yes. Uh, Christopher gangster white. Um, (laughs) he did, he grew up in the mean streets of San Francisco. Um, (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) um, but what are some other books that you would recommend that you read in your research for this? That would be sort of good places to start for our listeners that might be, obviously, like I said, we want people to get your book. Um, but what are some other ones as well that they could read that you, that you were found particularly useful? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, 
You know, I, we talked about Brian Greene earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got some really good books, and you can also Google his YouTube videos. But he's got some good books, including The Fabric of the Cosmos. If you, if you want an introduction from a scientist, right, about, like, the fantastic science, right, and how crazy it is and, and how unexplained it sort of is, um, you know, and, and how I think the universe is more than meets the eye. I think Brian Greene really does that for you. Mm -hmm. uh, and Michio Kaku is another scientist. His last name is K-A-K-U, Michio Kaku. He's in, he's in New York City. Um, but he, he's great, too, actually. He, he wrote a good book called Hyperspace, which is about higher dimensions as well. And he's he's a physicist like Brian Greene, so yeah. he comes at it from a, from a scientific perspective. He doesn't have all of the... He doesn't have all the spiritual seekers that I have in my book, but he, he, he comes at it. He's definitely interested in fantastic scientific ideas, and he even goes further than... Brian Green, I think, and sort of uh, writing books. He writes a lot of books about time travel and um, science fiction, and he's kind of into a lot of different things. So he would be another good person to look up, though. Um, okay. Absolutely. And then, then there's this other guy. There's a very cool book called The Fourth Dimension by Rudy Rucker. Rudy Rucker is a really great science fiction writer, um, cyberpunk science fiction. Um, written a bunch of books but he wrote one book that's non-fiction well he wrote several non-fiction but one of them is called the fourth dimension and it's kind of like a fun it's sort of like part graphic novel it's sort of part philosophy it's um like spiritual seekers it's kind of a cool book on like the scientific and spiritual possibilities of higher dimension so i would say that book is a is a good book you can pick up a used copy okay cool do you have time for a lightning oh, round I, what's that do you have time for a lightning round Sure. Okay, Michael's going to have the questions, but my first lightning round question is, um, alien anal probing, do you believe in it or not? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. okay. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> so I, I have been really well behaved during this. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I'm just going to pat myself on the back for this. <laughs> so there so what he's saying is he's about to... Let yourself go. It's okay. He's yeah. about to completely the, fucking ruin no, no, no. that. That's I, what there, he's there saying. Were there were several times where I just wanted to, to like ask questions when you start talking about science fiction. And, um, you know, I thought can about can apes really take over the planet? That's what you want to ask. Is planet of the apes? Is that going to happen? <laughs> no. Um, so, um, it's already happened somewhere in the, and somewhere in the multiverse. That's yeah. right. So I, I thought of the twilight. Well, you mentioned twilight zone. I thought of Qu quantum leap. I was thinking about back to the future. Scott's Bacula. Fucking Bacula. Yeah. Scott Bacula. I, I, I almost made a Scott Bacula reference while you were talking about uh, quantum physics. Who wins in a fight? Scott Bacula or MacGyver? Uh, MacGyver. MacGruber. All right. Uh, I thought about the Matrix. I thought about well, obviously I yeah. love C.S. Lewis. Two of my two of my kids, both of my kids, are named after C.S. Lewis characters. I love the space trilogy. Um, nice. And yeah. then yeah. Uh, Black Mirror. I was thinking about that too. While you're talking. Anyway, oh yeah. So get to the point, really Michael. My, my my my. I've got a series of questions, and it's the best sci-fi blank. So I want to go best sci-fi TV show first. Uh, uh, Black Mirror. All right, good job. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, you didn't know, but these. I want to add. I want to add. Uh, I want to add. Uh, you know these? Yeah, the newer Battlestar Galactica, like oh, yeah. 04 to 07 or 08 or something. Do you know that? Oh yeah, of course he does. Are you kidding? I I own the yeah. box set on Blu-ray. That's, that's a great show. That's, that's great. Um, I would throw that in there too. Okay, uh, best sci-fi movie. Uh, Interstellar. Okay, I like Interstellar. Um, best science fiction book. Are you there? 
Yeah, I'm thinking. Oh, okay. okay. Thought we thought so we lost this for a minute. This is not a lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> it's Dune. Mm. I guess I'll stick with Madeline Engel's book, which which reads, I think, so dated, but I, I like it so much more once I got into studying it. I guess I'll just I guess I'll stick with Madeline Engel. Nice. Although okay. it's sort of science fantasy, but yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Um, best comic or graphic novel? Can I say The Watchmen? Yeah, you can say that. Okay. Yeah. You can say whatever you want. You're like the one with the guy that has the giant blue dick. <laughs> no, it's your podcast. You're the professionals. <laughs> okay. Um, what is your beverage of choice? Green tea. Ooh. I haven't gotten that one. Fancy. Um, do you do you wear a monocle when you drink it, or do you, do you hold your pinky out while you drink it? <laughs> I have my ascot on. Yes, of course. I I love me some smoking jacket. No, I do too. Actually, yeah, I really like green. Um, okay, last album you listened to, start to finish. Oh God, it's been so long. I listened to Spotify. Is that an album? No, it's not an album. <laughs> I, I have Spotify too. They have albums on there. You can listen. Do you just shuffle? <laughs> The last album I ever listened to start to finish was like 1978 when we listened to the, the Elton John's greatest hits in my basement in Wisconsin. That's an answer. That is, that is that's the best hell of an answer we've ever gotten. No, because that's not even like an album. That's just an old school playlist. It was a new greatest album. Greatest hits. An old school playlist. <laughs> okay. That'll, I love it. I'll accept it. Do you have a favorite curse word? Hmm. <laughs> No, I don't think I do. Okay. They're, they're all equal. I, I kind of like them all. <laughs> yeah. I, I use them very sparingly, especially around my students, you know, because as one of my colleagues says, they don't know how to use them. <laughs> That's a fair point. I love that. Yeah. You don't want your students to be swearing too much in class. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Texting or talking? Yeah. Texting or talking? Uh, texting, unfortunately. Yeah. All right. Uh, what what is the best Star Wars film? I guess I would say the first one I ever saw, which was the you know the number four, right? When it came out, and was it seventy seven or something? Or? Yeah. Yep. New Hope. Although I like the new one. I like the new ones actually. I like. Yeah, yeah. I do too. Yeah, uh, I, I hate the I, I hate the ones everyone hates with Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, man. God, <laughs> well, not, Attack of the Clones is the worst movie ever made. Is that one, two, three? <laughs> Well, yeah, one, two, three is are the ones yeah. that you're the prequels are is what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I like whiny bitch that played Vader. Oh God, oh man, God. I loved him. He's so great. I'm sure. He um, did. How do you like your coffee? Uh, with cream and sugar. Okay, uh, invisibility or super strength? Invisibility. Uh, do. You, do you believe in the multiverse? We've already done <laughs> that, Michael. That? Yes, we, we covered that. that. Yes, I do. Okay. I, I do. I think okay. so. I think it's got to be out there. Okay. Um, uh, okay. So where where can people find you online? Yeah, they can go. They can find me at the Vassar Religion Department page for sure. Sweet. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I tweet at uh, Chris underscore G as in gangster underscore white. <laughs> and at, at Chris G underscore white. I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Facebook. But yeah, my, my email is fine. chwhiteatbassar.edu. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah. And then uh, they can buy your book online through. They can Mo- buy it on Amazon. Yeah, they could buy it on Amazon or they could go to the Harvard University Press website. Either way. Sweet. 
Thank you so much. I don't feel we, like we, we talked about. We need to have him back enough. on because I had like a dozen questions we didn't get asked. Yes. Anytime you want yeah, to come this back is great. on. Yeah, your podcast is, is great. I love it. And I'm, I'm glad you had me on the show. It's thanks, wonderful. man. Yeah. We're, we're super pumped. Okay. Thanks, man. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks a lot. All right, okay. Bye bye. Bye-bye. You can tell us what you think. The five stars get red. The one star is Laurel. That sounded wet. Her? God. Nonsense, poopy pants. That's good. Nice one. Um, one five star. Hey. Ooh, hey. Uh, from jerking off. This is like my version of being a DJ. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> wiki, wiki. Whoa. Um, from world famous OZ. Ooh. I can only get five stars, it says. Is this Sean? Don't know. Or Christine. I don't know. No, she did one. I think I hooked think on earbuds. I Thanks, en- Sean. I enjoy listening to the pastors when I'm having a stack of pancakes at Denny's. <laughs> wondering where my life took this dark turn. Yes. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. Yeah, right. That's, a, that's, that's a, pretty succinct. That's a bleak picture <laughs> you've painted. <laughs> Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Or one. Which one it was? I'm pretty sure it was. I think Christine show. already did one. I think she did Hooked on Earbuds. I think that was Yeah, her, you her might thing. be right. Thanks, Sean. I'm hooked on Thanks. earbuds. Because earbuds Whichever hooked on OZ. me. Whichever <laughs> OZ. All right. Uh, top seven. Hmm. Slow week. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> What have you guys been doing? Jerk Get off. your shit together. Uh, number seven, Melinda, the joyful one at Diddly Diddle. You know what hurts the most is the, <laughs> yeah. the lack of respect. Yes. You know? That's what hurts the most. You're going to play the whole Except for the, Yep. Except for the other thing, that hurts the most. But the lack of respect hurts the second most. Ridiculous. <laughs> you fellas have a lot of growing up to do. Just let me know when you're done. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> God damn it! Clip brought to you by Steve Austin <laughs> at I am Steve Austin. All right, go ahead, Brad. At Pastors Podcast, it's two forty-five a.m. Brad is right. I don't know any better. However, I regret nothing. It makes me giggle to hear the etc. sound clip from the King and I because it's my favorite cetera, movie. Etc. Etc. Et Love all of you. Hashtag hot penny latte. Hashtag team mad. Who's that from? Hashtag laminated list. Hashtag laminated list. Hashtag happy Thanksgiving. Uh, that was uh, diddly diddum. Oh, thanks, Dave. Hey. Number six, Tracy with the Y at ukulele tray tray. Ukulele. Listening to episode 145 of Pastor's Podcast fe- featuring Christian Pyatt, thinking this might be one of my favorites until you got to feedback <laughs> and uttered irregardless two friggin' times. A guest of that caliber deserves better. Hashtag official podcast of grammatically challenged. Hashtag hot penny latte. That might be my finest work on this podcast. Hot penny latte. Yeah, yeah. it really might be. Uh, number five, Paul Fodder didn't touch her at Paul Never Fodder. Who? Paul. Uh, Hi, Paul. <clears throat> at Pastor's Podcast, irregardless of the fact. <laughs> <laughs> I will be working through the holidays. <laughs> I am looking forward to I am Steve Austin survival tips. Hashtag my dearest Jane. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was pretty, that's a deep cut on that. Yeah. Here's Jane. I yeah. remember that. Uh, Josh said it. We were talking about oh, Civil right. War or whatever. <laughs> My dearest Jane. Yeah, that's great. Uh, number four? I didn't number these. Yeah, I think it's four. Let's go with four. Uh, Alex the DM at Alex the DMBE. The Dave Matthews Band Eccentric. The Dave Matthews Band Experience. That's what it is. <laughs> at Pastors Podcast, episode 145 with Christian Pyatt was a lot of fun. Staying present is such an important struggle. Also, is it me or is every episode that hashtag drunk Matt is angry just a slow countdown to the first ever podcast double murder suicide? It's very possible. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag the hot penny latte. Hashtag horse TD. Hashtag no Whoa. goals. We really jumped the shark on that one. We really missed out. I don't know, man. Hot penny latte is pretty good. Those yeah. are two pretty strong contenders. Number three. Let's go with three. Uh, Christopher Maloney at Maloney's Movies. At Pastor's Podcast, when I see hot peppermint penny lattes on the Starbucks seasonal oh, menu, it God. is officially Christmas. Oh. <laughs> Malone, you're better than that. No, you're so, better than that. So, so good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Number two, Lynn at Swashbuckling. I had a lot of witty comments about episode 145. Then I hit hashtag hot penny latte and it all went to shit. <laughs> yeah. And number one. Laurel. What the fuck? God. This. 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 That's an oldie. This podcast gets worse every fucking week. That's why. Every week. Always leave. It just gets worse every week. Where's the money? You gonna give me that money? <laughs> you got money for fake mustaches. <laughs> That's crazy. You like that? Uh, Sean Ware at Sean X. Shan. It's not Shan. Shamalama. I bet. I bet Sean is Team Brad because I can actually say his name. Uh, no, I had a beer with him. He's Team Michael. Oh, God damn it! At Pastors Podcast. I had a hashtag hot penny latte and it gave me hashtag cherry flavored blood. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> nope. 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 So good. Nope. So good. That's Shan. Oh god. Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> Honestly, every time I try to do something fun or exciting, you make it not that way. I hate <laughs> So much about the things that you choose to be. <laughs> that's a good sound bite, man. I like that. Oh, that's great. All right. Uh, let's. Oh, my God. Well, we paid close attention and we wrote them all down. Now it's time to decide our smash tag. <laughs> God damn it. You played that. I think it was last week of the week before. You played that. And I lost my shit. I love that sound. I totally bite. forgot about love it. Love it. All right. Hashtag when the Mormons come and knock. <laughs> Hashtag skinny Val Kilmer. Hashtag is Spotify an album. Hashtag strip surge. Hashtag definitely a Gentile. <laughs> Uh, Hashtag like a Venus (laughs) flytrap. 
<laughs> Hashtag bent over the buffet. <laughs> Hashtag smoke some gold. <laughs> Hashtag pub kayak. <laughs> Hashtag it was the typhoid. <laughs> Hashtag 39,500,000. Hashtag hot pocket shrapnel. And hashtag I'm losing chunks of time. Uh, Hashtag left a one star and fucked off. Hashtag something hard and something not hard. Hashtag little hard balls. Hashtag Chris underscore gangster. <laughs> Five butts get you in. <laughs> what was that even It's from? something he said. I Five think. bucks get you in. Five butts get the, you in. For the Advent series. <laughs> uh, my wife was my drug Sherpa. <laughs> Hashtag waiting for my face to droop. <laughs> for real, bro. <laughs> the struggle was real. Uh, something I said. Hashtag tongue fucked a sheep. Ew. Cotton, Ew. cotton mouth. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, Jesus. No. What the fuck? Um, phrasing? Re- what the <laughs> Matt Polly. <laughs> Hashtag is that mayonnaise in the potato salad? Oh. Is that you more like sushi? <laughs> 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 Hashtag built his village on beer and dicks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then hashtag I'm losing chunks of time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. That gets better the more I think about it. I've got uh, hashtag blob Marley. <laughs> Marley. I don't know if you meant to say that. No, it is. It's, okay, it's from Archer. From Archer. Okay. Bob uh, Marley. Hashtag couldn't hardly swallow. <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, strip surge. <laughs> strip surge. Definitely a Gentile. It's got to be that. <laughs> or Venus Flytrap. Bent over the buffet. Uh, hot, over the buffet. I got hot pocket shrapnel. <laughs> Skinny Val Kilmer. <laughs> little hard balls. Two slits. He <laughs> just kept saying it. You know what's ridiculous? I never thought anything weird or sexual about that as I'm listening. God, you're a terrible person. Uh, Pastor's quantum entanglement. <laughs> Uh, hashtag shit her scrubs. I don't remember that was. From. Oh, it was something I said. I don't know what story. Shit her scrubs. Oh, the your uh, the Mandy's grandma, the nurse that oh, came in yes. to prepare her body. Yes, yeah. Right. All right. What do we got? Ooh, definitely a gentile. Would I think be my it's got to be definitely uh, a gentile. Yeah. It's <laughs> definitely, definitely a gentile. I think it's got to be that. All right. If you've listened to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was a slow burner, man. With that one, that one really, really took off. <laughs> oh, 
I just keep thinking of the guy laying in bed and being like, God, it's too bright in here. And he pulls his foreskin up over his face to block out the sun. <laughs> Where's it like a mask? It's a leather face costume for, for Halloween. He also always wears turtlenecks. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's his, that is his uh, superhero oh, name. God. The, turtle the turtleneck. What's the scene from fucking the league where, where they put Andre's Andre's oh, his turtleneck yes. and, and they draw a slit on his forehead. <laughs> he, he holds two bowling balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta rub the you gotta rub the, gotta rub the turtleneck. Oh man! Oh. If you've listened to this episode in its entirety, hit us up on social media with the hashtag hashtag. Definitely a Gentile. <laughs> uh, we're on Twitter at Pastors Podcast. Yeah, Paul and Matt. No, don't worry about it. At MJ Basinger. <laughs> we're at Facebook.com slash Pastors Podcast. Instagram, we are in Glorious Pastors. Did you take any pictures on Instagram? I will. I did you, you do it last in. week? You didn't do it last no, week. No, I did. I totally yeah, forgot. He really dropped the ball you there. son of a bitch. Oh, both of you can eat my dick. Son of a bitch. Um... Subscribe, rate, review us on Apple Podcasts. Check out our website, ingloriouspastors.com. Support for this podcast comes from listeners like you. You get all kinds of cool fucking <laughs> podcast extra bonus shit things. Mm. Like Advent. Yeah. Yeah, Playlist. really sold it, buddy. <laughs> um, hymns of Get extra shit like Advent. Yeah. It's only the beginning of the Christian calendar and the preparation uh, for the coming of our Lord and Savior. It's exclusive to the pastors. No one else is allowed to. It's, it's like our thing. What? What? <laughs> Jesus! Did you like? Did you really podcast? stroke out? Like <laughs> you just end this podcast, please? Man. All right. Uh, where? Shut the fuck up, Donnie. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Goodbye. Check out Twisted Sisters. So long. Thanks what is going on? With I don't you? know. So long. Thanks for all the fish. This is it. <laughs> Goodbye. Farewell. Check out Twisted Sisters. God damn it. Why? Did you have something you wanted to play? No. Just you play that all the time. <laughs> Matt, is it okay? Are you okay? <laughs> Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this, this goes pretty well with our hashtag. Excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Please, baby, I am not from Havana. Oh. <laughs> oh. It was every one of us on our wedding night. <laughs> <laughs>